0: and welcome to episode 323 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, and we have so much to speak about after a chaotic weekend of Barclays action. Jack was so taken aback by three points for Chelsea that he's gone out on a bender, and we're not sure when we'll be seeing him again. Definitely savouring that one. Arsenal came from behind to win it at the death again. Liverpool played alright as they brushed aside United by seven goals to nil. John Jones returned after a three-year absence to win the UFC Heavyweight Championship. And I'm sure we'll maybe take a look at the other fights and fixtures from the weekend too, depending on time constraints. First though, TK, dare I ask how you are doing today?
1: You might not believe this. Pretty fucking good. Finally, we have a part where if Jack had been here, we all would have been (laughs) fairly happy. I don't think he thought he was going to see a Chelsea goal again, let alone a win. So he would have been on board as well with a... What a weekend for us all.
0: I did speak to him and fair to say he's in that kind of uh, zone I was in under Emery where like, I mean, I did once, but you don't actively want to cheer against your team. But at the same time, each time you get a win, you're like, oh, Christ, this guy's staying a little bit
1: longer. And I don't want to shit on anyone here. But you getting a win at the death, us winning 7-0, I don't know if scraping a 1-0 (laughs) win is quite the same in fairness. Because
0: he even said to me, he was like, it was a goal from a set piece. Like, is that really, like, Does that is that really a scoring a goal? Like, <laughs> it's like if you've not, your striker's not scored for ages and then then a it's like an own, or yeah, or even like an own goal or something that they've caused. It's like on the score sheet. Remember Lacazette last year when we won at the death against Wolves and I was like, this is the moment. We've got Champions League football. And when it was an own goal and it was like, technically, this guy still hasn't scored for like a year. <laughs> and then he got a penalty against Leicester, I think. And we were like, the heat map was basically the penalty. Spot and kick off Jackson is uh Unai Emery stage.
1: Crouchy had that when he first joined us, and there was one that was definitely their own goal. They've just gone, just give it to him because we just feel <laughs> for him at this point.
0: Well, they did that of a Rashford in the uh, Carabao, which worked to my advantage in winning a bet. But we know you keep bringing that up, you other, people, keep that quiet. <laughs> other people they may well, they gave him the goal at least. I even saw this weekend, there was so much. Um, I'm sure other fans are quite sick of hearing it. Um, about the, like, the atmosphere at the Emirates and watching the game even at like 2-0 down and they're still cheering it on. And it doesn't feel like that long ago at the Emirates. You were more out of place if you were praising players. Like, I remember just continually if I was like, we all used to talk about like the action man phrase, like if you pulled a string on someone's back, Woody, and then the one thing that comes out, they'd be like, he's so shit. And it'd be like Lacazette yang Pepe, like right down that list, and you'd have you turn around and people would give you almost a look like, I know, solidarity. And now I'm I'm reading online that there were players at two now down, like getting on to the players on the pitch, and people are getting on to them in the crowd because, I mean, this to quote Gary Neville yesterday, they've bought quite a lot of good favour, but um, Gary Neville still doesn't believe the Arsenal players have. So uh, we'll get on to that.
1: He's had uh, quite a weekend.
0: Yeah. I thought we'd skip the news of the week this episode and get straight into the number one talking point from the weekend. Arsenal came from 2-0 down. We'll kick things off. We'll talk about the game at Anfield last night. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game, I was with you on Saturday night, and it's fair to say you weren't brimming with confidence.
1: No, because you said, do you think you win tomorrow? (laughs) And I've gone yeah bullishly but that doesn't include the 10 second delay I had to think about it which maybe uh, undermined my faux confidence because um,
0: and this is a tough one to break down usually we do it in like you can do the in between with the goals but this kind of like no goals (laughs) goals so I thought if we actually start with the goals like a week after what we're told, a, res- a resurgent United side claimed their first trophy since 2017. They won the Carabao Cup. There's talk of a title push. And then they're just battered either side of half time. And Liverpool record their biggest ever margin of victory in this fixture. The fact that they had to specify this fixture shows you how wild football used to be. That you can see just down a list, and there's just like multiple, like eight
1: nails as the football league's kind of fleshing itself out. You ever seen. Um- the Boxing Day fixtures from nineteen. Whatever. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It used to be a few more goals back in the day.
0: You have uh, so inside the Emirates, you have just as much as on the outside. So in the kind of lower portion, like around where the turnstiles are, there's all the facts and figures, and they actually say for some of the players. um the numbers believed to be recorded or something like that. And they kind of throw into question the same way we're told not to do with Pele. And I thought that was really interesting when I was looking around because it feels weird to discredit your own players, but maybe you just want the modern history. And so you don't want to set the number too
1: high that no one can break it. When you look at old um, formations and stuff though, they'd play like routinely be like a 2-4-4 four, four or something like <laughs> yeah. that. So it's pretty easy to see how it all all well, happened.
0: Well, Before we get onto the game, I thought it was really cool and it was uh, City's game, the one, uh, the Forest game actually, so it doesn't pan out the way they like. But I thought that was so cool just seeing his formation and the fact that it is, we're supposed to win this game, let's get all our attacking players on. It was like a 2-3-5 or something. <laughs> I love seeing things like that just because I like seeing it on my football manager, but as we see in practice, although Pep probably coached like a 5-0 that day. It just didn't. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. exactly. So Varane gets sent for a hot dog early on.
1: Not Champions League, Varane. Just normal <laughs> Varane, clearly.
0: Oh, I saw him for his Champions League, Varane, <laughs> yesterday. Gakpo tucks it straight in the corner. And something that I really liked right from the jump was um, I love Henderson's reaction to the goal and I've watched these highlights more times than a rival fan, you know. <laughs> but he looks as intense as he does anyway. Like I imagine he gets through the door and he's like stern-faced. He's like pointing at Gakpo like a headmaster and basically telling him like, you are that guy. How's it height, like, you are that guy. <laughs> and it's was, it was so cool to see. And you can imagine Gakpo, we, we see that Nunes has had the start he's had and we'll speak about him several times later on. He never looked like his confidence really wavered at a time when it really should have. And so I have to imagine that someone like Henderson internally, Urdegaard was questioned a lot when he was made our captain and it was like, why is he the captain? I don't think anyone that isn't just a hater really can look at Henderson and question, why is that guy Liverpool's captain?
1: For sure. Yeah, and he's he's a funny one for these games where he just seems to have an, an extra level of energy for these games where he kind of, it's like he forgets that my legs are going a little bit here and he's able to do it, which obviously you could ask about a few of the players <laughs> who are maybe a bit younger than Henderson as well. But the, yeah, the the touch and the finish from Gakpo is, you can you can tell he's not even thinking about it. And, and every compilation you watch with Gakpo yeah. is him doing things yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't doubt he's done it a thousand times previously, but the ball from Robertson is unbelievable, really. Um, if Trent was doing that, it would be waxing lyrical.
0: Well, I was gonna speak about that a bit later in the kind of tactical setup and what Ten Hag got right and wrong. Fred offers a lot in some regards and Neville was waxing lyrical about him early on. But I think you saw yesterday why he didn't start against Arsenal. Because so much Robertson effectively waves his left peg and Fred bombs away. Solid, like didn't he? Yeah. It's, it's ball watching and the ball hasn't even gone and in just the flick of his boot, there's this massive pocket of space that just opens up because one guy has no discipline to be able to, to understand and read what's going on on the pitch.
1: Yeah, it mugged um, Dallow a little bit with it as well. Yeah. Didn't he? And he didn't have bit, his best game anyway, but it didn't help him. Um, I actually thought there was one earlier in that as well where Fred's chased Salah back and to be fair to him, held him off and knocked out. And Neville's like, that's where Fred's so good. It's like, also where Fred might give away a penalty. Yeah, it's like, as much as you like that. It looked a bit ragged.
0: Well, that's, that's been my issue with um, Lissandro, as people have heard, Romero...
1: Oh, as, we'll get into him! Uh,
0: ...as people have heard. But it's like, the, the ones that get praised, it only takes, essentially, you getting the referee clocking on, and then you're giving away a penalty every game, and mm. so they're the ones I find weird to praise a player for getting away with for, because it's not in their control. They haven't done anything specific to get away with it. It's not like... You used to talk about the different, uh, like David Luiz performances, and when he came in, he was so snide, and he did all the right things, and he had the like him curling over and laughing as he's getting kicked, <laughs> and then you had the performance against Man City behind closed doors, where he's literally holding onto shirts for seven seconds at a time and yanking people down. Those ones where the referee just doesn't give it—that's not something to praise the defender for because they're streetwise and they're savvy and all of these things. You've just got away with it on the day.
1: Yeah, I mean there are such thing as streetwise fouls. I just think, sometimes think they get misattributed. So for example, the the Martinez elbow um, is on Salah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just the referees missed one. Like, I don't. I'm not saying it's a red or anything, no. but I think it's a foul, and the rest just not given anything. Whereas there's actually one that won't get picked up at all because it was a nothing. But there's one where Salah gets the wrong side of Shaw. Shaw puts hands on his shoulders less than a second, yeah. takes him down, gives a foul. If Shaw holds on just for a little bit longer, the ref will give a yellow there, for sure. But because he just briefly does it, that'll get you out of a yellow card. I would yeah. actually argue something like that is a streetwise foul. It's, you've taken the free kick, you knew what you were doing, but you still avoided a card.
0: Any question of De Gea for the opener? Because I do think Gakpo can only put it in one place or are we just
1: kind of... I think it's a really good finish. Yeah. Um, I thought also... Lissandro didn't help him there. I did think he did blindside him, but I did also think he probably got over an overt amount of blame for that Lissandro, whereby I don't think De Gea would have saved it no. regardless. No, I
0: think his, well, not even history, yesterday tells us if it was on target, it was probably going in. <laughs> have that your shot stopper. <laughs> um, For the second, Luke Shaw has a poor pass cut out by Elliot. And then, so often you see games spoken about on TV and they're, they're, they're boiled down to just wanting it more when there's something tactical in play or whatever. This one, I think, was fair to label it as that because Fabinho pinches it off Casemiro about three times in one phase of play. And if he misses out on that, Henderson's one side and Darwin's the other for backup. Hmm. It's a pretty simple cross by Harvey in the end and Darwin is unchallenged to nod it home. And they're the ones that we said about with Darwin and he is improving. He doesn't have to think about that. It's literally in the air, bang, goal.
1: Yeah. It was a, let's face it, a horrific bit of defending for them. And we they basically did what we did against Madrid in terms of goal either side of the half, largely of your own making the second yeah. one, certainly. And that's the game. You can, again, much like we shouldn't have lost 5-2, they shouldn't lose 7-0, but they killed themselves there because and we'll get into him I'm sure but Gary Neville's kind of thing that well, he kind of went from the first half was even to you know what United were much better in the first half yeah. uh, no. I think it was a, a good close game where both had spells on top and we went in 1-0 up and then obviously the second half was the second half but he kind of rewrote it, it as kind of like it was a half
0: each yeah, yeah I was I was going to ask you about it because like a large part of the narrative post game was that United were the better team but you see it sometimes and we use boxing analogies quite a lot that like a fighter can get dropped and then they don't get dropped in the second round, and sometimes they get awarded the second round because people are like, well, is this is better than the last yeah. round. And United just didn't concede seven. He <laughs> didn't concede six in the second half.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought we they had were- a couple
0: of chances. There's the Rashford one isn't there, um, I think goes under his studs. There's the header from Bruno that goes wide of the goal. But it's not like they weren't peppering you. I wasn't watching the game like Christ, Liverpool are lucky to get in it didn't feel one that you've, you've jobbed them to go in 1-0 up
1: at half-time. And bearing in mind that the nature of some of our games this year. We, even games we've won, it's tended to be... Allison's pulled out a couple of worldly saves that have been... We're getting card open for one-on-ones, but we're getting away with it. We didn't have too many of those. Obviously, the Rashford chance is the chance. But same, so that's not an easy chance for him because it's a, it's a great ball from Shaw. But also, he's got to hit that first time. It's the bounce just before his foot. Not an easy chance. If he puts it in, it's a good finish. Outside of that, there's not a lot of clear-cut chances that they're creating. Well, so saw, it's, it's a saw good some even half. I
0: you thought. know, United out there in the net, but he was offside. He's offside by about like, three yards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and bless him, Gary needed the offside trap <laughs> Explain to him a little bit because there was one where he's gone. I'm not entirely sure what Van Dijk's doing there. So, well, you know a bit where he stepped up and played him offside. We've done that once or twice in games. It and works quite a lot. Actually,
0: we used to speak on here that. That Liverpool offside track used to be cash money. Like it yeah. was scary. And, yes- and yesterday it was back yeah. on it
1: again. It just happens to be for most of this season it hasn't been quite so money.
0: And the third goal here, the noise I let out, and I say it's a lot <laughs> each week, but like it's in- it's incredible. Like you break from deep, if I'm not mistaken. I think this is the one where Salah wins a challenge from Anthony in your own area. Yep. The ball goes out to Gakpo, he spreads it wide for Salah turns Lissandro into a pretzel and like <laughs> no nicknames this week because I want everyone to be entirely certain of the man They've got spun out of his boots. Gakpo again, that chip across the keeper, oh. they're beautiful anyway, the angle of it makes it better. Messi, if he didn't make his name doing it against us, he certainly <laughs> like developed his name, the one he chipped over Armonio and taps it in on the other side filth. gives me
1: nightmares. Absolute filth. But
0: him doing this, they've showed it on the replay after the game like, that's pure like, intuition, awareness, whatever. He doesn't even look. No. And to get that angle right, there's only one place he can put it, which is when you maybe look at the keeper. But Salah puts it in a place where is able to run onto it. Salah, we've spoken about before, that sometimes uh, you put a skill on a player and it's like, I've got to be the one that finishes this now because I need the highlight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Salah's done that and it almost has to be done. It's like Messi on Boateng. It's like the same like swivel that just puts him in a knot. And the memes that have come out of that oh, incredible. It's,
1: this entire game and the individuals in it as the <laughs> definition of the chef's kiss. For each and every one of them that the butcher got butchered horribly. It's as soon as you thought you saw Salah run, it like go and run at him. But I couldn't have pictured it going like this, putting him on the deck. And, and look. He's had a good season. (laughs) He's maybe slightly better than sometimes you've suggested, although I don't think when you look at the praise he's been getting, I think you're not even getting close to even in the scales there. So I think it's probably fair on your one-man crusade. But I would have a lot more sympathy if this wasn't for a fan base. You've done a whole <laughs> lot of talking about Big Verge. Put some respect on that man's name next time you're you're gassing up your five foot six centre half because he's what?
0: not even 5'9". We know this. My favourite thing yesterday was I saw the clip, uh, the photo pre-game of the United fans are on like, the back row of Anfield with their um, Argentina banner, and it's like tiptoeing through <laughs> the cop with a cleaver. The thought of them like folding that up, and like eighty five <laughs> minutes, like come on lads, it's time for us to go.
1: With a cleaver, the mind couldn't have gone through there. The pair of I mean, the scissors you get at school that can cut anything. There was a
0: compilation that could not have been timed better that came out like three days before the game, and it was basically all the times this thing has happened to Martinez and it's not gone in the back of the net, and it just effectively said it's coming. And it was like <laughs> Ian Acho dropping him and then spinning and laying it off and all these little things, and then Salah to do that yesterday been saying i was saying last week that this is why i thought darwin was going to be the guy and he actually doesn't run at players as much as i hope this game darwin Mm. but it was like just get at him these defenders that are so aggressive make them make the move because they don't want to back off you he tries to back off stand him up and it doesn't work you can't be a big man when you're physically not a big man (laughs) he's going to do that to far better players than Lisandro Martinez he, he could do that to, there aren't many players better than him I'm told so he can't, he's he, not going to do to it too many can do that to I mean I, I think in terms of a left-sided centre half and we break them up now I do think Gabriel is the best in the league Salah could Salah could do that to Gabriel and mm. it would look worse because he's a bigger guy and he's going to go tumbling in the same mm. way he could do that to Saliba but I would hope for a fact that we've got someone that's coming on the left-hand side because If Salah's going to do that to you, if Salah's running at your man, you get the cover in behind him because you're well aware that this guy could pull you apart here. The fact that they're so stretched at 2-0, some United fans have been praising it. There has to be some level of awareness. We would do it in the times we've lost 6-0 to City, 5-0 to Chelsea, whatever. Wenger, it could be the same at 1-0 or 5-0. He would never shut up shop and United couldn't, shouldn't have done that yesterday but you have to be aware that if the game's not done at 2-0 it is done at 3-0 and so to press everyone forward like that and then to not track back Anthony soonest highlighted it he's still in the, the Liverpool half when Gakpo puts it in the back of the net mm. it is horrendous and Martinez getting subbed off was just the icing on the cake and it's The fact that Gakpo and Darwin are the two guys that do the job, the two guys that... Thank God they pump-faked us into signing those two boys. That was good of them. We know Ten Hag wanted Gakpo. Um, Mm. We know they wanted Darwin, to be fair. And look, it happens, they got their months of laughing at the, you signed him. I don't think they expected their response to be to sign (laughs) Weghorst, the pressing (laughs) man in midfield. And... We'd have come on here. You'd have come on here. Maybe not the same smile on your face, <laughs> but if you trans United 3-0 tran- yesterday, Salah does that to Martinez, Gakpo and Darwin both score. Yeah, you're, you're loving life, yeah. and then you look at the clock, and you have that moment like, "Ooh, <laughs> this could
1: this could get tasty." The best thing about these sort of scores is you look around like the people you're watching, moving. This is on, isn't it? The only thing I can like attribute that to is like the feeling of like a if you're day drinking, where you're looking around and thinking, it's still light outside and I've had four pints. We shouldn't be doing this. This is a bit naughty. What's happening? And we've
0: criticised City for this. The thing I love about Liverpool, unless it's against us, is that they set out to humiliate you. Yeah. They, City do that trading drill thing that there was the, it's the game at Old Trafford, wasn't it, last season? I think they were in 1-0, maybe. It was like a lunchtime kickoff, I think, Bruno started as a false nine. Something like that. They win 1-0 and basically they had 80% of the ball and United fans were saying that's actually worse than like a 5-0 because they is could it, have done one. Is it the 2-0 under
1: Oli? That's probably yeah, right. So yeah, so we'd cooked them was it a week or two before and then City were probably even more dominant than us they but just didn't get the goals early, yeah. that we wrapped up And then
0: they, they just do it. Liverpool, it's like... Go for the neck, isn't it? The thing in Never Back Down where he says, it's got to end with you looking like a bitch. (laughs) And that is literally what Klopp did yesterday. Because it's one thing for the United fans to be talking in the way they do. They're supposed to do that. That's like United heritage. Ten Hag should not be talking in the way he does. Don't be talking about the ambience of Anfield. And, oh, I hear it's a a round ball that's the same. (laughs) There's four corners of the pitch that's the same why are you talking like this? Talk about this after the game when you've got a result and say, look, it's we came here, we did our thing. The narrative has switched because I'm now hearing that they cooked Barcelona over two legs <laughs> <laughs> and everything shifted entirely. The fact we've still got four goals to go is maybe the most, <sighs> most incredible Fantastic. thing about Fantastic. this game. Um, the fourth is very good as well because it's, the most Sunday league finish of all time. It was like a year 11 booting away a year eights football. Absolute sweet. <laughs> it just happened to go in the roof of the net. And Salah, I, did you know this record was coming up? Because I hadn't heard as much about it.
1: I had no idea. And then I'm assuming the shirt off celebration was, he must have known, presumably, yeah, because what. I was, that's a bit,
0: a bit bold. What I said against us that, Harry Kane, when he was a goal away, two goals away, he definitely had a shirt on underneath (laughs) before the derby. And there was the thing, wasn't there, for like over a year with Bamford, where it was like, he's on 99 career goals, and then he didn't score his 100th for like (laughs) 13 months. And he was missing sitter after sitter after sitter. This one, yes, Salah knew. I'm not sure I'm entirely buying that from his first season at Liverpool, he was like, I'm going to break this record. Of course he did. (laughs) Because when he said that yesterday, I thought, look, you can say that Like, what? Who are we to question you? But to know that tells me he smelt blood in a way that no one else did. And probably nine, ten other players on that pitch on the Liverpool side didn't.
1: No, you're right. He he looked different, didn't he? And Neville commented on it earlier that he just kind of... He's, he kind of had an aura about him again. So yeah. It was like, he looked like, the old side looked sharp from the front. You can kind of tell quite quickly with him when he's on it and when he's not. And he was, he was a different level. He was yeah, direct. His decision making was good. Couldn't ask for more.
0: I don't, I don't even want to discredit my guys, but like, the talk has been Saka on the right wing this season mm. and then every so often um Salah did it at, um Anfield against City earlier in the season every so often he just says, like remember what you're
1: talking about here. he definitely yeah he definitely does doesn't he yeah you can cuz you couldn't have an argument in terms of the consistency of Saka this year by comparison but you are right he does every now and again put a reminder out doesn't he i
0: saw people debating on my timeline uh today Robin and Salah which robin yeah which i find Blimey. the debate Crazy, even like That's Robin hit. One, Robin hit twenty goals once in his career mm. in a season. Salah's done it, I think, six times now.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point, the, the numbers get overwhelming, don't they? It's so, look same as the the Salah and Hazard comps have always been a little bit weird. Where you are like at some point the numbers do matter I, Yeah, if, if you want to know who's a better technical player I'll give it to Hazard but a better player all round in terms of everything they're going to give you then I don't think that's particularly debatable
0: if people think I've got a Lissandro uh, agenda my one on Hazard is like, I just do not <laughs> yeah. I, I maintain if we're talking better Premier League players take achievements out of it whatever Alexis Sanchez was better than him and I'll say that till stand my hand on the Bible and say that but uh,
1: Prime Alexis Sanchez got near Suarez levels so yeah, I think people kind of forget that because yeah. of how bad he was at the end
0: his performance West Ham away 5.30 kickoff he scores a hat-trick It's one of the best individual performances mm-hmm. I've ever seen where he does the fake shot to, fit to for the go underneath the keeper and then tap it in he's just a joke um, Hendo whips one in for the fifth says I'm leaving with something Darwin <laughs> go on stick your head on that against them and then one issue day issue day and pinball leads to Salah scoring the sixth And then Firmino has no right to score the seventh. But De Gea said, I'll let him six already. (laughs) Why save another one? It's a big day for Bobby. He said he's leaving. (laughs) Crowd want this. He's doing the right thing. It's just unbelievable. Um, And we're going to speak about the punditry, everything about it. If only they could have got that camera to include Martin Tyler as well, because I know that man was (laughs) screwed When I think I'm pretty sure it's the first goal goes in and he's like, Gakpo, he scores. VAR are
1: going to check that one for yeah. sure. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs> we see you, Martin. We see you. Not particularly close offside either. And, uh... no, no, I saw the
0: first replay. And I mean, you're never too sure these days that Rashford one against Leicester has mm. made me lose all trust. But I saw the first replay and it was like, sand. And it's different when it's your team, you still need to see and hear them say, check complete. I was pretty like, okay, one nil.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I was relatively unworried. And yeah. I, again, as a fan, you normally assume the worst. Tactically then,
0: you have to question Ten Hag here. It's like to write this off as a freak result is to diminish the performance from Liverpool, which everyone involved with United has done a very good job in doing. Um, and it just papers over the cracks for United. I'm not saying they're listening to us and we're changing what they're going to do. But as a fan, you do need to look at and see where things have gone wrong. How on earth do you have Anthony, uh, Rashford, sorry, in the form he's in and not playing ISO against Trent? Mm-hmm. Sticking Bruno out wide with Anthony on the other flank. If your game is about intensity and transition, that is like the opposite to what you to what you can do. Sancho's had a lot of flack. I don't know how you can look at the performances Sancho's had since returning from the mountains and then look at Anthony and be like, okay, this is the guy that's going to start for me. What, well, because he scored a goal against Barcelona?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is odd, isn't it? I think Sancho's probably done enough to get the start here. Um, I can get some of the thinking with Rashford. Obviously, if you can get us to come on to you, Hit us on a, on the counter, and Rashford did pick up a couple of positions in the middle where he made a couple of nice runs. But that's not to say he couldn't have done that coming more from the left. No. You can again, you can isolate Trent at times and come inside. He's very good at and doing Trent's both. Trent's pushing positions.
0: higher than Van Dijk and Kanate are. Yeah, and yeah. I also thought, and I, I say this every time with him, uh, Kanate again Makes a difference, did basically definitely. say like, put my injury record to one side and like remember
1: it because. He's a joke. He gives you a level of confidence when he plays. Well, you, you, you don't look really at, get with other players.
0: You look at Van Dyke, and uh, we've spoken about the way Joel Matip is overlooked time and time again. And we used to say it about Joe Gomez now, maybe the conversation <laughs> isn't there. But I think as a striker, you can look at Van Dyke, and you can look at the guy to his side and that's Joel Matip. And one looks vastly less intimidating than the other. It feels a lot clearer, okay, this is the guy I'm going to go at. You look to the side of Van Dijk and you see Canate stood there. It's like, unless you are a physical striker, like Haaland, it's not happened. I mean, it happened in the, what, League Cup against you this season. Haaland, that's more of the guy he wants to be against, where he can have that physical tussle back into you, that kind of thing. Rashford, that, like, because what's Rush? Rush? We're going to run past Kanate? not very easily. Is he going to get around Van Dijk, not very easily? So I think you've got to put him out wide and try and just spread them and move them apart. Because that you have to realize early on. And in the week we were listening to Five Live on the way back from Arsenal Everton. And now I didn't watch United West Ham in the FA Cup, but it was Jamie O'Hara and Cundy. So you can imagine it was a long, was a long journey back. <laughs> But they were saying, this Ten Hag guy is incredible. You should see the substitutions he makes. He doesn't hang around. Things aren't going his way. He says, I'm going to get Marcus Rashford and Casemiro on here. Hang on a minute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Genius. That's a fairly
0: simple one to make. And the the in-game changes yesterday, where were they? Because at some point you have to realise things aren't going your way. And there was no single thing that you could look at and say, okay, he's tried to tweak that and they're going to go along and he's going to hold it up and they're going to spread it wide to get us further up the field. He didn't say, all right, we're going to tuck in. They're going to have the nose for it now. We're going to beat them on the break. It was, I've given you a game plan. Go and see if it works. And it's the same thing that Ollie got cooked for. It's the same thing that Rangnick got cooked for. But this guy is the Messiah. He's won a Carabao Cup.
1: Yeah, that is going to give him credit in the bank now. The, um, he looked as shell shocked as the players, I thought, which was the one of the big issues was that no one was able to kind of get a hold of it. And if your captain can't on the pitch, then your manager's got to off the pitch, and no one was able to take the sting out of it uh, at all. And I will say, most of the time, yeah, I do think he's been his in game management has been very good for United so far, but. It was, uh, it was lacking in this game. The issue with Rashford through the middle, sorry to go on your first point, is also that there are their lack of other options. When Wakehorse when has led the line, he's looked quite Wakehorse ish. Um, so I think he's in a bit of a quandary for that. For some of the bigger games, I think he doesn't quite know what to do to solve that problem.
0: We did the uh, watch through of the All on Nothing documentary, <laughs> and there was the clip which I know a lot of Liverpool fans took a lot of pride in, and Arteta didn't shy away, and he said, Look, you can go to Anfield and this this can happen. He said, it's the one place in my career. He, he quoted the Spanish word for it or whatever. Um, and that's why he did the you'll never walk alone thing, which he was laughed about. So United fans on the timeline today, they're sharing the clip of like, you know, this can happen at Anfield. They weren't the same ones posting up about him doing <laughs> you'll never walk alone things. <laughs> that, that's someone who has acknowledged this can happen at Anfield where we've still got to go this season. Nice. Um, so i no, said it was just a pitch. Yeah. Just for all So, so if Tan Haag isn't aware of that, which I feel like that's not where, say, Stoke is still in the league, and everyone in England knows the, you know, cold, rainy night at Stoke, but you've come in from Holland, you may not be aware of that. Yeah. I feel like the Anfield atmosphere is one that you don't have to be from around away to know. You've been
1: IX manager, you've done a European all your so. Yeah,
0: and even just someone at the club, you've got Carrick, no, you don't have Carrick there, but you have, um,
1: Big Steve McLaren, they will yeah, let you know. Yeah.
0: You've got plenty of people there that can say that we might have to account for this, that we do this early, if the game's not going with us, we do this. And it seemed like it was like, if aliens come down and they get told, you got to get the Monstars together, you're playing Sunday, 4.30 at Anfield. And then the Monstars are like, Jesus, I don't think this atmosphere <laughs> was going to be like it was. It just looked like he had no clue what the hell was going on. And, I don't think the game was won in midfield for Liverpool, but it was lost there for United. Fred, I say, can do what he did, had no structure to him. And when they were only playing two in the midfield, plus Weghorst as a 10, might have to give that one up (laughs) sometime (laughs) soon. It just had no discipline to it at all and then you've got Weghorst trying to press from the front but there's no cohesion from the flanks for a team that specialises in transition Liverpool really just had to deal in patience and then beat United with their own stick
1: yeah yeah and again if, if you can make Fabinho currently look fairly energised then you're doing something wrong because he had an o- I wouldn't say he had a really good game, but he had an all right day where, again, like you said, he was nicking in front of people, sitting in front of Casemiro various times um, in Fif- a way that we've rarely seen from him this year.
0: 58% pass completion for Casemiro. And this is the guy we're being told is controlling games and, you know, he's mm. missing around Madrid and all of this. His last six games, he's not had a pass completion above 60%. Really? Mm. And they don't have another guy. Ericsson isn't there. So, they no. Sabitzer... We were worrying about maybe what he could do early on. He's showing that he's like, he's a good player. I would,
1: have, I would have started him against us. I'm surprised he didn't do that. Um, yeah, going into the game, I would have thought, yeah, Fred is the right guy to start. Looking at it, maybe not. You Obviously, might have been right he's about...
0: Bodies in there, maybe. About,
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. And Because when I thought, when he didn't play against Arsenal, it was a strange move. Like This maybe served as a good advert for potentially not. Like you said, it's... You're kind of getting legs in there, but you're sacrificing some of the discipline. Um, I think Subitsi can kind of give you a bit of both of those. So I would have personally looked at him. I don't think that Ten Hag can legislate for Casemiro having a shitter. He's no, but like, great I'll, for most of the season,
0: I would say with Arsenal, it was quite clear um, coming into this season that the guys that Arteta trusts, and even as far as Christmas, there was probably like 13 players. It was basically the starting 11 plus Tommy Asu and Tierney. Reece, uh, Smith-Rowe was injured and now you've got maybe Reese Nelson added into that mix and maybe got a couple of then Trossard in there as well. Maybe he just doesn't trust Sabitzer enough yet to to, to put him in there Probably. because I I don't think we can boil it down to complete naivety. They obviously had a game plan. It's tough to see what that was. I don't know if they thought in the same way that others have tried and it doesn't work we're going to come out, we're going to score early and we're going to get that crowd squashed. Yeah. But then you have to realise if that's not working
1: then. I think, and, and look, maybe this is only natural. I think some level of complacency did also seep in in terms of, they saw how we were playing, saw how they were playing. Yeah. I thought it's a pretty simple one. If we, we play our game, we'll get them beat. Um, I can see why you'd think that, but you've probably got to allow for, yeah. that we might Turn up. I'm not sure. You should sure. probably plan for the worst in there. I'm
0: not sure if you've seen this because I mean, I was tearing my hair out for you when I saw the lineup yesterday. Henderson, Fabinho, and Elliott have started together five times this season. You've won all five, scored 28, and conceded two. Those oh, wow. games were against Man United, Rangers, Bournemouth, Ajax, and Newcastle.
1: Well, there you go. There's some extenuating circumstances in there. I mean, Bournemouth Ajax, and Rangers were horrible.
0: Ix, Newcastle, United. Those are better. It's not bad.
1: Those aren't bad, bad at all, are they? Yeah.
0: Well, especially that Newcastle midfield. Bruno wasn't in there, was he? No, he didn't play no. against us. Still, Joe Linton does his thing. Will it? No, it's, yeah, it's not a,
1: it's a good record,
0: but. Yeah, it's still not them. If, if, if I took over Liverpool tomorrow and I was picking for my first game, that wouldn't be the midfield I would pick. No. Elliott wouldn't be in there. Curtis Jones comes in
1: glad to see him get on the pitch yesterday glad to see him on the pitch yesterday oh god Um, I thought Elliot for his part is an odd one in terms of a lot of fans don't like him in that role but it's also difficult he's not going to play Salah's position so he's going to have to make that sort of role his own if he wants I think a future in that game I thought he looked good in terms of he could pick up in those little pockets of space getting on the ball put himself about if you want to talk about wanting it he wants some aerial jewels where you're like well he shouldn't be winning that shit he's fucking tiny um. so I thought I thought it was a good game for him and kind of what I would assume slightly different positions on the pitch but what I would assume Tan Hag would have wanted from Bruno in terms of I'm going to give you this level of freedom you're going to come inside sometimes to occupy that midfield probably fuck up Fabinho so where the hell is this guy I've got to track him but also then sometimes you're going to peel out wide I've given you that freedom. Bruno kind of ended up doing none of the above.
0: I thought Elliot, the best thing about his game was he played you know you could um, shift the settings on uh, NHL and you could just play the like two button configuration where essentially he he crossed it or he passed it. He Mm. didn't do anything too much and so he did have the level of freedom but it was controlled and he stayed within his zone. He didn't venture too far. He got the ball in the box and realised we've got two very big guys in there and let them do the work. And it wasn't one where maybe if you were chasing the game, there might have been issues with him playing hero ball or you don't want him having too much time on the ball. But he seemed acutely aware yesterday if the game isn't being won in this period of the pitch, let's get our guys against their guys and we're going to back our front line every time, which is what Liverpool have done for the last five years.
1: It's not a bad spot for him to be in as well though when you get a level of time and space and then you're going to have one of Salah or Trent going down the outside of you or going inside, it's it's not bad options for him to have.
0: And even it's Anthony or Bruno tracking back onto you.
1: It's mm. it's not
0: the same. Yeah. There wasn't anyone dogged getting after him because Casemiro was occupied with other people. Mm. Um Ten Hag said he was surprised at his side's second half performance. He said today, first half we were the better team, created the better chances, one mistake, organization, we can see the goal it was really a surprise to me after half time we gave the game away so quickly.
1: I was surprised and Diaz was
0: <laughs> Neville continually described this as an anomaly last night a blip. A blip he called a blip, it.
1: Blip, obviously
0: On a list of United's biggest defeats since the year 2000, seven of them have come in the last three years. These guys get dogged regularly, (laughs) but it only counts as an indictment on the players or the manager when Ollie's in charge. 7-0 against Liverpool, 6-1 against Spurs, 5-0 against Liverpool, 4-0 against Brentford, 4-0 against Brighton, 4-0 against Liverpool, 6-3 against City. Three of those were this season alone, when they've got the best (laughs) left back in the league the best defensive partnership in the league, the best shot stopper in the league, the best defensive midfielder in the world and the best player on form in the world right now. United's players ran 99.01 kilometres between them against Liverpool, the lowest since the 4-0 loss to Brentford in August. I said yesterday there would be some PR spin immediately. You know, Ten Hag got in two hours early. He got the players in two hours early and he was already there.
1: (laughs) He probably
0: drove in and thought, my wife's snoring. I'll get in. I'll sleep there instead. <laughs> it's horrendous. His whole thing yesterday, I understand, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't have wanted to be sat in a studio with United fans after we'd just been dog eight to by them. But, I went to play football immediately after with United fans and I wore my Arsenal shirt with pride and it was like, put your chest out, get this out of the way. Now, for any comparisons to that game, Carl Jenkinson played in that game, Frim Pong played in that game. (laughs) There were some guys that played in that game that you would not know their names if I told you them. This was what United fans would have had to say, Ericsson aside, their first choice team. This was the best team they could field on the day. And he sat, slumped in his chair. He was closing his eyes when when they were getting at him. And the best thing was, Sunis said, I am not having this today. I am not letting you get away with this. <laughs> he got him. He just got his teeth into him and he did not let go. The, the moment I knew Sunis was feeling himself was when he cut Carragher off and he said... The recliner on this,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just, just can't get this recliner right. <laughs> and <laughs> and Carragher could just kind of see this glint in his eye and I'm going with him. Carragher
0: actually looked slightly like he thought things were going a bit too far. Like, he looked a bit like, I'm enjoying this, but I'm going to let you do this.
1: Yeah. Because I've yeah. got
0: relationships to keep here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think there's probably a strong chance that... Um, when Soonus isn't about Neville and them are like this guy doesn't have a fucking clue, does he? <laughs> Carragher probably doesn't dispute it, but doesn't team up with them, and as a result, he knows probably Neville's probably about to explode. As so, well, but I it, know
0: there was there was the break because they recorded that Gary Neville podcast on the gantry yeah. immediately after. I don't know if you've watched this. It's 21 minutes long, and it's basically Martin Tyler and Gary Neville saying this is a one-off. Liverpool weren't that great um, those mistakes that you saw today are never going to happen again Ten Hag is never going to let this happen again and did you know we actually conceded that amount twice in a week once and we still won the league and it's basically that and then they say oh and Jamie I'm sure you know this is never going to happen again in your lifetime and it's and then do you think Arsenal will win the league? no I don't actually <laughs> alright Jamie who do you think is going to win the league? there we go it's 20 minutes of Basically just... Pissed on our parade. It's basically just these players have a lot of credit in the bank that I think we've seen enough. He kept saying that same thing. These are players we called streetwise in the last few weeks. These are players we called tenacious.
1: Shut up. Yeah, but the point was they weren't in this game. They were none of the above. So it's absolutely fair. We weren't going, for example, Liverpool Real Madrid, 5-2. Oh, well, look, it's a blip. You go... No, it's obviously a fucking disaster. I mean, it isn't going to happen too many times. You're not going to get smashed five two in a Champions League game too many times. But the fact that you did is a disaster. No, because like we we came to Anfield with Mustafi and Kalasenac
0: and all of these guys, and we still didn't get beat seven nil. Like there are ways to play the game that I mean, you can't guarantee it. There are things you can do to all but prevent that it gets to a certain stage, and you say that we're not going to win this game but we're not going to let this I, get to a point
1: I thought and they have been as I said quite good at managing games I thought at three and then certainly at four okay I'm loving this but they're going to spoil the fun here they're going to shut up shop, shop and they were playing it like it was still one or two nil no, that they could get back yeah. in and I could I could somewhat understand that at three nil no, because there's still a lot of time left and if you got one goal against that Liverpool team, I think there's a chance they could have crumbled and you could get it back to 3 all, and that would feel like a loss for Liverpool in a way. At the fourth goal, you go, right, we're shutting up shopping. As I said, the players didn't read it and the manager didn't.
0: No, there was, a, there was a thing years ago and I can't remember who the player was, but essentially LeBron is charging down the court. There's a player underneath the basket and he just walks off to the side. And they say, to him, what are you doing? And he's like, you're not putting me on a highlight reel. <laughs> for what? <laughs> For what? What am I? What am I doing there? Like the only thing that ha- the the best case scenario is, he smashes me to the floor and doesn't get two points. Yeah, and and I still he still probably shoots a yeah. free throw. And so, a lot of teams, City have had to do it before when they came to Anfield. Arsenal have had to do it at Anfield. Liverpool have had to do it this season. Um, <laughs> you basically say we haven't done it very well. You're not putting me on a poster. And United basically said I'll keep running here and I bet you can't dunk on me. And then they did it and it was like, Come on, try again. I bet you can't dunk on me again. And it they just kept dunking and dunking and dunking. And Ten Hag was like ah. I mean it might get might change next.
1: They put time. their chin up worse than that uh, that Chelsea fan at the West Ham one <laughs> before, yeah. I, go
0: on hit me. Okay, we will then. I mean I knew soonest as well when he was like, "Oh." Salah, when he took his shirt off, he's in a boxing shape here. <laughs> he
1: was ready for a knockout. <laughs> and Keen, was, Keen was like, I like really of get what you mean. soonest I mean, Souness had a Virgil van Dijk cigar out. Those two, <laughs> those two boys had cigar out all day. Because, uh, I mean, hell of a slice of luck for Soonest because he was very bullish pre-game. And I don't doubt that he believed that we would win. As he said, I didn't think it would be 7-0. But the beauty of that is, is that like that rice or smile and laugh from Keane and Neville was that they thought, we're going to play this back post game and we're going to cook you. What? Well, and I, they got cooked. I think as well, something that obviously... I would, been... I would love to see, I feel like a little bit more energy from Roy Keane in the loss. Yeah. Because you're letting Gary Neville take the bullets here. I wouldn't mind seeing you show a little bit for him. He said, I'm not your captain anymore. Uh, you fucking deal with it.
0: Look, it's something in the like, lives. always question how much they see. And I have to think, like, they're all in the same circle. I don't know if you saw the Rio Ferdinand clip of him with Josh Denzel, the man who is like... Gets everywhere. Yeah. Um, and
1: he's saying "Soon, look, you're looking a bit shaky, and he's like, nervous. It's the most confident I've ever yeah. Been. Yeah. And Genuinely, I watched that clip in the morning, I thought, a feel a bit better about this now. So <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better now, Rio's uh, So part of me talking. thinks,
0: as soon as I saw that, and to be honest, because... He doesn't talk about his playing career too much. I I didn't know how passionate he was about Liverpool because sometimes like Roy Keane consistently says essentially that he's very proud of his time at United, but then he doesn't speak like I you don't see him jumping up and down when United score a goal. No. You just see it's largely, as he always says, it's the manner of defeats and it's like him putting himself in that situation. And I always thought the soonest was a lot more like that. And just seeing him in the pregame yesterday, it did come out a lot more and it wasn't just that I had some great times playing there. I've got a fondness for the club managing there also. It was, I'm a Liverpool fan and obviously he's played for some incredible clubs so you could Mm -hmm. forgive him if it was like, you know, I have an affinity to this club instead. And that's, what it should be like I would never go out and say that pre-game because I worry what could happen in fact I think I said it before we played you this season and then immediately I was like oh, why the hell did I say that <laughs> <laughs> but him saying that yeah I think it was he'd heard one too many United fans getting bullish and he was I'm not having this because it is one that the risk reward is is great and soon as it's balanced that out and I think he's well aware that if this does go horribly wrong, Carrick is probably the one in Neville's shoes taking the bullets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. True. And so he had it all to gain and boy, does he gain it because I saw the thing of they kept saying, you know, you're a confident pregame and I hadn't seen the clip. Right. And then they play the clip and it seeing them two in the <laughs> background, when Keen's getting involved as well, that tells you there's been some conversations off camera with yes. them saying just how confident they are Look, maybe I'd be different if I was a United fan and that's a, that's a vile like horrible thought horrible turn at universe they've been picking up points but it wasn't one where if I was a United fan I would have looked at the way they were playing and said you know I reckon we could tear these apart today because that isn't the way they've been playing They they've they've been efficient and they've been getting the job done and they've known how to win I don't know I'd have been coming to Anfield because we've come to Anfield in better form than they're in at the moment. And I've not been going, rubbing my hands together, like, we we're going to be doing this. And we had better guys at the top than they did. So.
1: I guess you'd probably say it was more that we would play into their hands. Yeah. We would go at them, as we've done in some games, where we would try to beat the old Liverpool press, don't have that intensity, and they'll pick us off. And we kind of seem with us, if you can get an early goal, it can open up. Um, so again, I guess probably the plan probably revolved around that. But, I said to but you, look, they were far too confident. <laughs> those boys were far too confident to borrow a car off someone. They wanted a circus <laughs> and they wanted us to be the clowns. I said to you last
0: week that um, a lot of people were getting excited and dogging Liverpool for the final 70 minutes against Real Madrid. But a lot of those same people were ignoring the first 20 minutes against Real Madrid. And I said at the time, not everyone's Real Madrid, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> you'll get
1: cooked if, yeah. if you start a game like that against us. Uh, there was
0: always there was always the chance that you could do that to them because mm. you've you've not done it regularly. But I would always say that Liverpool are a side that are going to go down swinging, and so playing United, I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I can say I, I did my bet builder, and I did United draw or win. Uh, Darwin shot on target, Rashford shot on target, something else. And I think he was sure to get booked because I thought,
1: no, Dallo's get booked. I was like, Darwin, my guy, <laughs> you're going to be... Uh- it was a good job the corners element of my bet builder didn't come in because other than that, the only thing that wouldn't have been was a Bruno booking. I would have been going absolutely spare. Do you know how many corners we had on Saturday? <laughs> oh God, how many was it? 17. It felt like I watched all 17 <laughs> on Match of the Day, in
0: fairness. Um Since you may have said, since 2017, Salah has more bookings for celebrations in games against United than they have goals at Anfield.
1: <laughs> that is a superb stat. Oh, a lot, of, a lot of fans, a lot of them seem to be curious um, when the trophy lifts after this half, <laughs> after this <laughs> game. That is as good as a trophy to me. I've got to tell you, genuinely, I've been fortunate over the last few years to have watched Liverpool win a few trophies now. And I know that when's the Wednesday trophy list thing is kind of the oh, thing you have to say when that. you've got no other choices left. You've got to get the celebration police out. Let me tell you, giving them a hiding is as euphoric as anything you'll ever feel outside of like a last minute winner, maybe in a cup final in a league title race. That is as good as any. When you get to the fourth goal and you start looking around and thinking, this is on, you can sort of, you can smell the blood. You think. Oh it's it's absolutely magic honestly the whole thing watching their players cry <laughs> and try to quit yeah there, there's going to be
0: well I want to speak about Bruno
1: now actually. we will we'll touch on him there is going to be a part of Klopp's legacy that the record books don't show and it's going to be moments like this where you go we've reduced this club and this fan base to a shivering wreck in the corner that has to support the blue half of its city, actively support it against us. We're talking, take Ollie out back, put him down. <laughs> took Jose out the back, put him down. Just did the same to Ten Hag. Probably not going to put him down, but it was a great to give him a smack in the face. I'll tell you,
0: if if there was a way that we could um, like put on a scale and we kind of balance out the reaction to their win at Old Trafford earlier in the season and your win yesterday, it's probably going to be quite even because
1: their fans were...
0: <laughs> that was their first win of the season, wasn't it? And they were like...
1: <laughs> yeah. And and look, they'd just been cooked by Brentford and we didn't yet know Liverpool were going to be quite as bad as we've been this no. year. So I can understand they were shitting themselves going in and then obviously buzzing off the back of it. I can get that. But uh, weirdly, it's not much fun with us on the other end. We, it's really odd. People can't quite comprehend it's not as fun when the rabbits got the gun. Because that that thing of uh, you know when's the trophy? It's only
0: three points. I
1: hate that. You know what? In in an actual way, I actually really enjoy it because it's that is literally you've got one chess piece left. The key, you're just moving it around one space at a time because you've got nowhere left to go. It's no, it's the final sort of we've really it, got you.
0: It actually quite annoyed me the the response. Like well, I expect their fans to do what they're going to do, but from the the pundits in particular. To just excuse the game immediately, just the excuses, just to boil it down, like, uh, today, tomorrow, whatever you're supposed to do. That look, and the grand scheme of things, it's only three points. It's this, and I think Graham Soon has said, like, in a in a race or whatever, you get a punch on the nose. This is more than a punch on the nose, and they seem so keen to just squash that down and say, look, these things happen. It's an anomaly. We're not going to see this again. Manchester United have just lost 7-0. Literally historic. And that didn't happen when when we lost 8-2 there. It was the biggest thing in the world. And it felt like the biggest thing in the world for me. <laughs> and mm. I hope no United fans switched that off. Because at the time, I remember, you know, uh, it was like the equivalent of... Um, saying out it's watched every team lift the trophy. It was like, look, soak this in, lads, because it's <laughs> going to be sweeter down the line. It didn't get much sweeter for a while, and hopefully <laughs> hopefully, it, it does eventually. But no, I remember sitting through that, like, got to take the medicine or whatever. And like the, the final whistle blew, and it was, well, on to next week, Sevilla and uh, Southampton. Look, we'll see how their reaction is.
1: Like, let, let it breathe for a second. Yeah. But, like, it's ag- a huge. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It was... You know, we're literally within seconds of each other acknowledging that this is a historic defeat and then going, but it's not a big thing. It's like, well, you can't really have the two things. It, it, it is. Now, that's not to say, you know, the season's coming down here, but you can acknowledge it for what it is. And yeah, it was a weird, like, Neville, certainly in the studio and fans outside, have, do seem shocked that how big a thing people have made of it. It's like, yeah. well, yeah, because you just got Dick 7 nil. It's like, it's not a, that's not a small thing. <laughs> no, we asked Connor to come on
0: here. I mean, I don't know why. He, uh, didn't want to come on. Didn't find um, so strange. We did speak between us. We actually thought it was quite unkind to ask Goff to come on, basically. I, yeah. Because it's... he's, he's like Connor's spokesperson, basically. I mean, he doesn't want to come on and face the music. It's like, see if well see what Goff. <laughs> yeah.
1: The poor guy doesn't deserve it. Um, yeah,
0: he even to me he was like, I don't know why you're enjoying this so much. And it's like, what the hell do you mean? Why why are we enjoying this so much? Because if Liverpool lost seven 0 to United, if we lost seven 0 to Liverpool, if we lost if we lost seven 0 to City it's you're gonna happen. Getting cooked. And yeah. The thing with um Gary Neville doing the, you know, they, there's credit in the bank, there's this that I mean I'm gonna touch I'll say I'll touch wood, all the wood in the world, and I don't care what euphemism you want to do there. If we go to the Etihad on April the ninth or whatever it is, and they trounce us seven 0 do you think he's not coming out and saying how huge yeah. it is? And he's not going to say, you know, the rest of the season, credit in the bank. I think what well, Arteta's done with the club's brilliant yeah. so far. The way he's handled the Jacker and the Art- and the Aubameyang situation, David Luiz, whatever. No, he's going to go. I think this is a real capitulation and those players they ought to be ashamed of themselves they need to have a look at themselves in the mirror because this used to be a really great club and Arsene Wenger didn't die for this and, <laughs> <laughs> and then the game happened yesterday and it was kind of like hello well done I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of it very much yeah yeah, very much so It's. I actually think that Carragher went home last night and he maybe thought I didn't make as much of that as I should have because I went on his Twitter timeline and he's retweeted the quote of uh, Neville saying, look, my United players don't come here and lose 7-0. And he said, they do look at <laughs> it. He retweeted three people quoting that and tagging him in it. He, re- he retweeted people reacting to him, reacting to Neville in the pub, <laughs> <and> celebrating <laughs> each one. He shared so much that I think he got home. And just when you, do a podcast like this, and you think, oh, I can't believe I've got to say that. Yeah, and Carragher looked like he was like that. I think soon as he was like, soon as maybe he had to fill his boots, he thought, "I'm not yeah. getting this again." And Carragher maybe would have done more, but I think Neville did, and I, I've referenced this on here before. Um, probably the the worst I felt after a podcast, and I'm uh, quite disgusting that he was able to do this to me was. The home North London derby this season, where I came on here charged up, and Alex basically played it off and was like, "Yeah, well done. You did. You you should have won. Yeah. I mean, good good win."
1: He did the equivalent of um, turning you up to a fight, but just laying on the floor and letting yeah. you kick him. Yeah. There's only so much you can do here, and
0: um, and so you, you you just try and antagonise, and you're like, "Go on, give me something so I can get it back." And Neville, give <laughs> it straight away, <laughs> and then he just kind of closed his eyes and he's like James. James. James, James. <laughs> right? yeah. know like, like, oh, He's
1: like, you know you've got it when he's calling yeah. you James.
0: <laughs> so, and just the fact he did that, I think Carragher was kind of like, you've done it for, I don't need to do anything. When really, it's like, you're never getting this opportunity in this way again. No, cook him. Because at the end of the season, into him, James. At the end of the season, I'll tell you what's going to happen um, unless th- something beautiful happens. Anytime Liverpool fans bring this up, it's going to go, where'd you finish? Yeah, yeah When would you yeah. finish at the end of the season? What, yeah. what it was for nothing. And sometime, if something horrible doesn't happen, and Liverpool don't win the Premier League this season, and Man United don't win the Premier League this season, say you both get in the top four. These games are what it's about at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. What the else have the you fuck got? What else, what else yeah. have you got to talk about? And we haven't won the Premier League in so long. The North London Derby, some of those home North London Derbies have been the best days of my life. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and I'm telling you, if we beat them seven 0 I wouldn't come home. <laughs> and
1: so, the- and also the the fact that we're having a shitter of a season and they're having a, a pretty good yeah. season it's kind of all part of it. The fact that we've kind of flipped the script on you for yeah. this game. So if it, it was the other way round, it'd be, you know, oh well, we're shit anyway. So what does it matter? So yeah. you, you're just trying to. It's been a lot of. If you get it from the club, I get it. It's PR management. But it kind of seems to be a lot of like pundits and fans trying to manage PR. It's not really your job no, to do that. We're going to react how we were going to react. Like
0: you let them get their licks in, and then afterwards you're supposed to do the, you know, we'll see what happens at the end of the season, that kind of thing. But it's not like seconds after the game. Yeah. If anything, you put your head down, go on, yeah, okay, yeah, good one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was... I wasn't going when we lost. Was it seven two to Villa? Going. Well, look, this is a blip, isn't it? it? Doesn't matter. I'm going. Oh my god, this is a fucking disaster. Whereas, Obviously.
0: Whereas United fans were going,
1: don't worry about us losing six one to Spurs. If you see what happens to Liverpool. <laughs> what a fucking day that was. Yeah. Um, I've yeah Neville. I mean, he had a disgraceful performance all round. I thought he was, in his own way, I thought was the most guilty of making this fan TV. Like he complained about the Liverpool side of it. Yeah. Soon as we're trying to goad him and he gave him everything he wanted. Outside of that, like I said, Harry was fairly well behaved. Never always seems really put out um that Kelly Cate's works. Yeah. She literally said Liverpool have won 7-0. And he seemed really put out by the fact <laughs> that she pointed out
0: yeah.
1: that they won it.
0: Um Yeah, he he from the jump because it kind of kick started didn't it the the fan tv stuff it probably the math slipped and carragher said you little dancer <laughs> and the reaction to that was at least 6535 in the direction of that was great and so from there onwards it gave the pundits that support a team to have some leeway to show some partiality and from there, Neville has never looked back because it, he is as as blinded. He doesn't do his research. He doesn't do anything. He's, I was surprised he wasn't say, you know, I had some times against Mark Overmars here yesterday <laughs> because that's usually what what we go to.
1: Yeah, his his one's really slipped in the. Well, look, his plate's pretty full with other yeah. things, right? So he's not doing the work he's he's uh, he used to do. His his punchery isn't as good, but also his. I think Carragher gets the the balance right where there's no point in pretending he doesn't want Liverpool to win. But he can kind of be objective enough with you that he can realise Liverpool's shortcomings. He can give you analysis. Neville's at the minute, and I think he can get it back if he spends any time on it, but it's all sort of... It's like he is working for the club in terms of can't go too far in on certain things. He's married to old ideas about Man United that he basically can't unsee. Yeah, and it's kind of like, he is right in that I don't think they're probably gonna lose 7-0 again for a, a while, right? Because strangely enough, the team in third in the league doesn't tend to lose 7-0 too much. That's kind of what was significant, Gary. So I I, I don't doubt coming into the season, they're gonna say that was a bad day at the office. And I'm sure Tan Hag will get a reaction because he's shown he can so far. But the idea that this was just like just one of those days. It's just a weird bit of PR spin from him. Carragher even gives
0: him an out continually because he always says, now I understand because you probably don't watch Liverpool as much as I do. And he says that all the time. And he even says, he said it yesterday when referring on this Gary Neville podcast. He said, look, and I understand you prob- you've probably not watched Newcastle as much times as I have this season. And you do get the sense, and we've spoken on it a couple of times about the switch of when we all kind of realise, okay, he's actually the better pundit, hmm. and um, he really does seem to watch everything. And there was the argument that they had, I think after you beat City um, earlier in the season, where he was explaining that City don't play a four two three one, hmm. and he was saying all of this, and they don't play. He's a guy that studies. He's a guy that knows. His he's a bit stuff. Of an anorak, isn't he? Yeah. Character truth. And I think he, he's been showing Neville up. And so all he really has to fall back on is the, do you know why he used to play for United? And, and it, he's quite self-deprecating, but then he can say, you know, we had these experiences in the running, which are useful to know, but that's not all we want to know. And
1: no, and that's kind of always what you got from Keane and Sunes, was they're there to go, well, these players just don't want it enough. They can do that and you go, all right, that's kind of your thing but you wanted some actual sort of insight from other pundits and Neville used to be one of them, but he's kind of slipping away from that.
0: Did you see the halftime stuff from Keane again where he was like, you know, too much smiling in the tunnel. He said that, that some United players were joking with the Liverpool goalkeeper coach, I
1: think, yeah. on the way out. He's like, doesn't have all that nonsense. Yeah. And
0: then, and then he's saying... Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, presentations midweek, and soon as he's like, that's for after the game. Like, he's got this real, like, gripe with presentations <laughs> at a football match. <laughs> and Keane's like, not even two.
1: There's, yeah. like, five. Yeah. Like, hey, some of the supporters have been across by challenge at yeah. all the time. They don't want it enough. And yeah, it someone well. that we've not spoken
0: about yet that, uh, I mean, we absolutely need to is Bruno Fernandes. Hmm. First thing to say here, the most incredible thing of the entire game, this man did not get booked. This man did not get booked. And that is the that's crazy even the 7-0 scoreline. Gary Neville said in his commentary that he was embarrassing. Roy Keane described his body language as disgraceful. And Ten Hag didn't name him directly, but he described his players as unprofessional during the game, which I mean shoe fits. I don't expect any player to enjoy losing 7 0. Bruno, yesterday, stropping, throwing his hands in the air, tantruming the whole way through. We have what? He was complaining at anyone that would listen. He pretended to be hit in the face. He shoved an official. He attempted to uh, take out his frustrations by kicking someone in the knee. He eventually just gives up. He commits his first foul of the game 10 seconds in when he actually does some good work and pressures uh, a back pass, I think to Allison, hmm. and then fouls Salah for quite innocuous circumstances. He has the one where he jumps over Allison. I'll ask you what you think of the decision in a little bit, but he falls to the floor screaming and screaming when a penalty is not awarded. And it's like a full, like he's bending his whole face open when he screams. It's just nuts. <laughs> uh, has the one where he realises the officials aren't going to give a handball on Kanate, and so he gets away with just booting out his ankles, which I think you actually scored a third pretty shortly after mm-hmm. that, so yeah, works in your favour, but he got away with that. His flop to the floor when Kanate brushes his chest, which you see more often than you'd like, but don't be doing that a 4-0 down or whatever it was. No, it's Even not helping worse. the team. He pushed the assistant, which I don't know if you've seen this from Dermot Gallagher today. You seen- what a weird, yeah.
1: So the, the official manhandled him. So this I don't is, mean man this handled is a him.
0: guy that needs no excuse to back up the official. Mm. And I tweeted at the time. This tells me we're in for some serious business coming up because he's obviously the mate of all the referees. He's the guy who kind of echoes what they're thinking if he's prepared to go on live TV and say that actually the official was in the wrong there, it is looking spooky for us. Because, <laughs> I mean, if anyone he, he has, he should have an issue with it. it's Trent, who, if we're talking about the snide side of the game, chucks the ball at his crotch and manages to disguise it quite well. <laughs> but then he shoving the referee away when the referee is basically saying, come on, get on with it. I've never said... Se- the referee yesterday, we can I'll speak about him a bit more later, but the referee should referee the same regardless of game state. And yesterday it seemed like I used to play for a very bad Sunday league team. And uh, in the younger age groups, sometimes the referee would say to the manager, We've only played 60 minutes or whatever, but. We'll call it a day there because we don't need to see any more of this. And as effectively what he was doing yesterday, there's there's a number of challenges that he basically lets go because he feels bad for United and where they are in the game. When, look, if you really want to do it in the spirit of the game, send them all off and let us really have a party here because if we saw 10, this would be the final episode. My, my favourite part of all of this was... Uh, Bacic comes on, who I was cursing him not playing pre-game. I imagine a lot of Liverpool fans felt the same. He travels with the ball down the right flank, and Fernandez is kind of doing the urtsil thing of like, I'll pretend I'm having a go here. But Bacetic gets just close enough where he has to make a challenge. He puts, he does the Hesey where he stops and goes again. F- Fernandez tries to kick him, and he can't even do that properly. He stays on his feet.
1: I mean, he just stops. Spots his arm down and just walks away. <laughs> Mad. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. And
0: everyone involved in this, obviously, would have wanted to be anywhere else
1: other than Anfield. Hmm. I didn't see anyone else asking to be subbed. <laughs> Honestly, that. When Gavel, when Gary Neville caught, uh, clocked that and said, he just asked him off here, this is a disgrace, it hit like crack. Now, Neville... My word... He
0: oversold it slightly. Absolute porn. Having seen the incident, Neville oversells it, but you're still stopping he, He's around.
1: looking for a way yeah. out ultimately yeah. in a game where he's supposed to be standing up and being the leader. But
0: my whole thing was,
1: Jeff Shreves,
0: Like your whole thing at Sky is you got on a touchline and you ask these questions that nobody else would dare to ask. Like, this guy, Ivanovic, you, you, yeah. you, you ruined his day. Yeah. And you've got Bruno there. You've heard this on commentary. And usually, whether it's right or not, whether they've seen evidence to the contrary, they're going to say, Gary Neville appeared to suggest. Yeah. And they didn't ask him at all. If I was a United fan, I'd have been more annoyed that he came out with the most bland, PR-driven interview after the game. I've never heard him say Red Devils before. No. No. And he snuck it in three or four times. Yep it was the, you know, we're, we're aware this isn't the best. We have to
1: do better next week
0: with some like,
1: I would have been to do the full Roy Keane, uh, wouldn't believe a word he says there. No meaning in it.
0: Well, Jesse should have at least said, you know, you were throwing your arms around a lot. Remember that piece on The Athletic that was horrible, by the way, where he basically was saying, I've never thrown my arms up at a It <laughs> yeah. might oh, just look whoa. like that sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a disgrace. He's an idiot. And,
0: to some others, then you may prefer it.
1: the uh, on, on the the thing on him. By the way, though, that you want to talk about a blip. This is him. Whenever it gets hot, yeah. Every time there's any adversity, and that's why I think ultimately he'll never be a top top player. He's, he's a good ha- he he's, he's a good player, but he he certainly can't be a leader or a senior player. I don't think he'll ever be because the moment he gets too much, all he has is petulant fouls and moaning and. At some point, the other players will, will turn off from that. They'll go, "I can't listen to that." The the only way you can get do that, you have to be shit out all the to put time. you his numbers that he started. With. You have to be shit up constantly. People will make an allowance for If you want to use United, people would have made an allowance for Ronaldo at his peak, Canton at his peak. Certain characters, you go, they might be a little bit difficult to deal with, but they are going to win me things constantly. This guy isn't going to do that. And in a game like this he's a liability. He's a total burden for the team. It's not just that he's a passenger, he's actually a burden. Well, because some players get it
0: attached to their names and some don't because whenever a club's linked with Zaha, for example, they say, "Would well, you really want that in your dressing room? Do you really want him in your dressing room? no real
1: indication that he's and a he, problem. He just whinges because he gets kicked. Yeah, no real indication but he, you don't see him moaning at his teammates things like that
0: and he would have every right to. No, and sometimes he, he'll he like he'll gesture like, why have you not passed it or something like that? He He doesn't, if they've attempted to pass to him, I don't see him throwing his arms up like you should have done
1: better with that. I don't think anyone's suggesting you can't moan at your teammates because your team is going to misplace a pass or whatever. But it can't be, he always, the thing with the throwing his arms up, he's the epitome of, and unfortunately it happens to a lot of modern day players, of I have to look like I care. If I do this, the fans will think I care. His thing, when Ollie was going through the thing and he's gesturing yeah. to the fans, entirely for the audience. And rather than actually care and put a shift in and put yourself about you've got to sort of gesticulate and try to look like you do it's who he does it and to people can what? see that through he, see through that sorry
0: he does it to Anthony I don't see him doing that to Casemiro who we would have had every right to do it to yesterday
1: this is another thing about his character that I thought United fans liked it in the summer I thought this was a huge red flag when he dug out Garnaccio publicly 'Cause I thought that was the yeah. most classic case of I'm going for the youngest, weakest guy. He was talking about how On the I tour. Think, yeah, and yeah. it was about sort of attitude, wasn't it? Yeah. And about I think it was about a being unhappy with teammates. It's like, well, one, you can't say that.
0: He said he was it was about him, he was he was late for dinner or something on the tour, and he said something like he, he wasn't showing enough efforts.
1: And I was like, Yeah, you are the problem is every game you watch him, it's always basically him asking other people to do running. It's like, well, you've got to be the one leading from the front. You can't just ask him to. Yeah. And I thought the way he dug out Garnaccio was pretty much brilliant. It's just in case of, he might have even been right in what he was saying, but the way he took it upon himself to say it, like you said, I don't think he would make other players accountable in that way. No. That's what you've got to do if you're the leader. You've got no one's above it. I thought you saw a fascinating thing about his ego. I didn't think his ego could deal with Ronaldo's presence. No. So he couldn't deal with the guy who was above him. And he doesn't really seem to know there's the guys below him and Garnaccio either. So he's just got a fragile ego, So, which I don't know that. If he's going to be a senior player, I don't know that you can build around that.
0: And then like the, the other guys on, on your team that, that were clicking, what did you make of the balance your front line showed yesterday? Because I'll admit, I, I, I didn't know Gakpo could play like that.
1: Yeah, you slate his abilities with buts of goal. I I laughed in uh, in another chat and said, I can't believe Liverpool are asking him to do this. It's uh, Yeah, he's growing into the role, isn't he? Um, Because they acknowledged that he
0: couldn't do it for Holland. Like His whole thing was in the group stages, he was finishing. And then as they got into the later rounds, they were asking him to hold the ball up and he wasn't able to do it. He's he's not,
1: isn't he? Because you look at him physically, he should be able to. And then I think he is going to be entirely a confidence player, certainly in front of goal. We're gonna see it. But I think even it sounds fucking mad. In recent weeks, he's looked stronger. Now maybe he's just adjusting to the league, but I think it is confidence, as of that people are gonna bounce off me. It looks like I'm feeling myself just more. You just his whole body language looks different.
0: A fortnight ago, I was seeing centre back shouts. It was like Liverpool have got issues there. This guy can't score up front. He's six <laughs> foot four. Get him in the back. Just do Joe Linton times uh, <laughs> times ten. And. Someone else, I mean, Carragher said that other fans are really unaware of just how much the scarce fans love Nunez. Are you on board yet?
1: I think you can't help but like him. I don't know if it's going to work out still, yeah. but I think you can't help but like him because the thing with him is, and the, I said from the jump that it's unfortunate coming the same summer as Harlan because the comparisons are not going to be fun for you. One thing I will say for him I've never watched a game with him and thought there's nothing going on here I've watched games with Haaland where he's been anonymous yeah and sometimes he's scored and it was good <laughs> but sometimes he's done nothing and he hasn't scored and you go well if you're the goal scorer you have to get you can do nothing but you have to score Haaland um, Nunes there's always something going on not always good but there's always something happening and at the very least he's a fun watch and at the best he's going to be very effective
0: great chance as well
1: and that guy, yeah, that, that fan has immortalised him.
0: The Vika to the big reds. Um, just a word on Salah. Record Premier League goal scorer now and loves playing against United.
1: That's that about cards for having a shirt off. <laughs> and their goals is oh, absolute
0: softcore pornography. Last couple of things on, on, well, I say last couple, uh, on this game. The, the difference in fullbacks yesterday was another level. Like Robertson's low point was being taken out by his own fan. <laughs> Dallows was when he pulled himself out of his own net for the seventh time. Why was he behind the line every single time, but somehow no closer to keeping one out? <laughs> what the
1: hell was he doing? Someone really should have told him what that line meant. Someone really should have. Carragher... Slagging him for that. It's like, What's he doing there? It
0: was a <laughs> There's the picture magic. of him, like looking like he's
1: knocked out. That's such pool. a great picture as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, the worst thing that was the worst thing for him. So I saw people online calling for Wamba Saka on. Like, well, that's a sign of things aren't going well. When one, I know he's improved, but what? I'm on. sure was a disgrace as well among a number of players he he kind
0: of got some leeway against us in the post-game stuff because the scoreline didn't reflect our dominance, but he was cooked by Saka in that game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible, isn't it?
0: Last night, I don't think he put one foot in the right place. Like, Jose probably texted him after the final whistle went. Like, I...
1: He, he takes ten He's like No, I told you. I he, tried to
0: warn you about him. He was horrible, and the best thing about it was we all knew how horrible he was. And Lissandra was that bad. He put shorter centre back <laughs> to take him off.
1: <laughs> I really couldn't have gone any better, could it? Lissandra getting hooked, Bruno wanting to get hooked but not getting hooked. I mean,
0: I just know he had the biggest chocolate trifle when he got home afterwards. <laughs> Cried into that? it. The ones where the, the fruits replaced by like chocolate brownie mousse, the Cadbury's one. I bet he had it all around his face as well and he clocks his reflection like, what's happening? What's happening to me? He said, Ronaldo's not here now, son. He's like um, White Goodman in the end of Dodgeball on the sofa,
1: <laughs> singing milkshake. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, as I said, not quite Joe Gomez levels, but that sort of, when it goes wrong, horribly wrong. I saw the classic, Combined 11s going into this game. There's a few variations on it. As much as I agree, form-wise, Shaw would have to go in this season. No one is ever going to tell me he's a better player than Andy Robinson I saw Goldbridge at United back five. <laughs> Yeah, Robertson showed
0: him levels plus. <laughs> his his reasoning was um, I know Alisson has had a really good season, and I know he's shown just how good he is. I know he's better with the ball at his feet, but ultimately, this is my joint 11, so I'm going to have to hair in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. what does this mean? So, basically, on that not basically should have a United <laughs> 11, surely, if it's just on your one. He, he
0: had uh, nine players plus Salah and Nunes. That
1: was good of him. That was <laughs> nice of him. I mean, yeah, on most of the season, that's hard to argue with, but come on, you got to... Uh, look, it was a nice little reminder for him, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? A um, couple of refereeing questions. Was it a
0: penalty on Bruno? No.
1: No, no. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't particularly worry about it in real time, and then you, you never know. it nil up,
0: up, so it might, maybe that's why you didn't worry so much.
1: As I said, if they didn't when get saw, one back, I probably would start nervous. When I nervous. When at. I saw
0: the replay... I was less worried in real time. I thought, oh, because, mm. because Allison, they say this with um, Ramsdale, where they say, like, he's, he's got ADHD or whatever. So, like, someone has to make a mistake to keep him in the game. Keep him honest. Right. Like. <laughs> and Allison, yesterday, he must have been bored because he was clearly trying to do the same thing. ESPN do their thing where they contact the VAR and they basically get the reasoning why the foul or penalty or whatever was or wasn't given and they just take it with no emotion in it. They say they acknowledge that there was a touch on the ball. And the main reason they don't give the penalty is because of the exact exaggerated contacts by Bruno. They say if Bruno doesn't go down in the way he does, then there may have been a different decision to make. But they say because the Portuguese international embellished the way he went to ground, that didn't match the level of contact and so that's the question Var find themselves asking played
1: himself Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that should come into it. I think it should. Uh, I, just, and I him think it was a foul in the, the ground afterwards
0: so, but I a- one here in the 64th minute Scott McTominay slides in to tackle Gakpo touches the ball first but then on the follow through goes right into Gakpo did you think no card booking red card
1: it had to be a booking, at least.
0: I was convinced that I was a red at the
1: time. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought if they look at this, I thought you'd get a Gary Neville who, and I thought they might go for it here. Yeah, have got well, Carragher instead. <laughs> yeah. Only, because <laughs> I was went Carragher went, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the man was excited. Yeah, I mean, you don't get much more out of control than McTominay was at that one. So I think you couldn't have had any arguments.
0: I'll-, I'll always remember seeing a tweet, and it stuck with me every time, and they say... um Did Scott McTominay play? Yes. Did Scott McTominay get sent off? No. Then the referee didn't do his job correctly. (laughs) Because he does something every single game. That is true. He
1: does some wild challenges.
0: And if it's not a red, then it's like six bookable offences.
1: Yeah. Slightly loaded question. Are Liverpool back? We're back and United are terrible, obviously. (laughs) That's what we learned from this game. I mean, anyone looking for any analysis further than that is wrong. The problem is we could lose to Bournemouth the next game. This team has shown it's capable <laughs> of doing that. So, But the beauty of, if you consider the race for fourth to be us, Spurs and Newcastle, we're probably all going to have some results where you're just like, how the hell? And it's going to be limping over the line for fourth again I for another some year. I some
0: Liverpool fans say, we're coming for third.
1: I'm, I'm sure we did, but I... <laughs> I, I remember, made that mistake last season. I, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and I've done similar when we've looked like we've had a turning point at various points in this season. So uh I'll have to see a few more games first. Because I, I was contextual on some of the g- results we had going into this, where you go, well, wow, this is our fifth clean sheet in a row. Uh, but then you'd look at it and you'd go, well, what have we got in that? We've got Everton, who are a disgrace? Wolves, Palace, Newcastle. All three of them, you'd go, what's the theme? Struggle with goals at the minute. Good teams, but don't score a lot. And then United... Now you look at the five clean sheets and you go, you know what? That's a lot better compared to where we've been. And if you just ignore the fact we had a European game, we conceded see five at home. I mean, like, everything's great. So it could happen to you again. Just the next ignore Wednesday. the fact that we might concede ten goals in a two
0: leg tie. I just written down yesterday that um, Arsenal's XG against United was somehow higher than Liverpool's in scoring <laughs> seven against United yesterday. because well, we
1: weren't that good. Did well, you not? Did you not see the post match punditry?
0: The next tweet Looked I saw. The next tweet I saw said something like. Um, for anyone that cares about XG, maybe take a look at expected shags next. I'll tell you for a fact, it's zero. And awful. Take right. that on the chin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in fact, that is one of the safest tweets you can ever make. Yeah. you just do that, you go right. I'm going to get when, some likes and yeah, retweets. There's
0: XG makes sense in within context. Like there was the all, almost all football stats are like that because, because you don't there, get too far in. Because there was the game, the game we had against you at the Emirates where it was a close game. And then the XG actually reflected that ultimately you had maybe two clear cut chats and they went in and we could have had a few more and we didn't make the most of it. Um, Cause I think the second half that game we control other than Firmino scoring out of nothing. That's our Bob. Very, very nice goal. Gonna as well. miss that man. Um, strange that, I was could maybe do something more on Firmino in more depth another week, but strange to announce it mid-season you don't often see that it's often implied and then they do it so I saw his agents come out and done that look he's told me don't even speak to another club and it's like, look, we know how this works Yeah, come on, and he man. won't go to another Premier League club he's been linked with us actually um, and Real Madrid which both make semi-perfect sense in the role that there's very few that can play that role. There's very few teams that play that role. Those Madrid fans would cook him. Maybe. Depends how much minutes he was playing. Like, if you are just in and it's everyone's away, you're the Benzema backup, then...
1: But they they give it to a backup even though because, yeah. because they, you're not Benzema. they like... Jovic essentially didn't get a chance there because he wasn't Kareem Benzema. Oh, come on.
0: Today, where he was like, that was a big mistake going there. But then it
1: seems like... You can't not. It's, it's, issue,
0: it's so. on the agent to present things and they're often not going to turn down the massive cut they're going to get but him saying like it was too soon like makes perfect sense like you you do often need that that middle move um, yeah 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 I mean it's,
1: it's, it's why um, it's why Dortmund is such a good move for a lot of players because it's not quite the big team but it's basically it's the closest you'll get in so well, and you should get minutes
0: Odegaard coming to one of us Liverpool in whatever year it was before Madrid was actually the move but going to Madrid he's not it every isn't it? way around doesn't he yeah yeah that's yeah. what I mean if he'd had that he probably ends up at Madrid afterwards yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'm sure Um is the quad still on for United the
1: quad was never on I mean
0: Sky were posting graphics as early as Saturday talking about the
1: quad for United so <laughs> they were all in um, Again, you know, I've not seen um, a huge amount of United fans talking about the quad. I would have a great deal more sympathy if it weren't for the fact they make up that we say an awful lot of stuff. <laughs> like Liverpool have called it a dynasty. Like, have, have we called <laughs> that? I, I don't remember that saying it. I,
0: unfortunately, only one United fan replied yesterday when I was like, did this tweet. We'll call it 300 million they've spent. And I thought, someone's going to tell me. And I thought... Only one did, and I thought, I feel a bit bad, actually.
1: <laughs> just just when you've got this well-baked cake, icing all over it, Neville goes just for the final cherry on top, just as he's flailing, just as he's getting carried out of the studio, going, uh, and then, obviously, Tanaka can go again and get more investment in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to have more investment. When you get the word investment out of Gary, you know said, you've hit the
0: jackpot. He said yesterday, and let's be clear, I never said they were title contenders, he said on Tuesday that they would finish ahead of us <laughs> on Tuesday they're now 14 points and twenty eight goals behind us. yeah,
1: yeah, remarkable.
0: and I'll say I was more worried than I should have been about it you know, just because I see the things that go their way and it was like, what they'll um
1: they, they still got a game that, in hand
0: right they got yeah, they got a game in hand they'd be 11 behind us with whatever yeah. yeah
1: um. Seems very look. generous to still be placing them anywhere near that conversation, well, I think there go. it
0: was Bleach Report or someone did a thing with the title race with a picture of Sancho and they've not picked up a point since. They're like the Drake curse now, are they? Yeah. On to, really the second game, <laughs> the second and maybe only other game we're going to talk about today... Uh, very good weekend. Hour and a half on that game. As much we spent as long on the game as the game was on, and it still feels like there was more that we've we've not covered.
1: Um, we weren't crowing at all.
0: wasn't front running. Reese Nelson's shot hits the net just before five o'clock on uh, Saturday afternoon. The Emirates Stadium explodes. <laughs> Limbs flying, bodies flying. <laughs> Supposedly Tierney was crying, is what Radio Five Radio Five Live said. A player with his face covered, and Tierney was the one. The guy was supposed to believe never gets cold who had a snood and gloves on. But so maybe it's Tierney mind. that was crying, um, and a child on the pitch <laughs> amongst everything That's else. That's so good. <laughs> and who Arteta celebrates with it, and is like,
1: "What the? Who are you?" And you can see Arteta who's going absolutely mental. Snap out of it! Just suddenly <laughs> <laughs> realize, hang on, the child is uh, on his own. Here. <laughs> What's going on? How did you get it?
0: You're not on the staff. So this game was just chaos. Uh, pre-game, you can never take a game for granted in the Barclays, but I kind of thought it's took it for granted. We've had some mental games lately.
1: Bournemouth seems a nice one to settle it should down. Should be
0: the one. I saw that they had like Triori out. They had someone else out in their midfield, and I thought, okay, do our thing. I saw party back in. We'll talk about the selection because Fabio Vieira and Tommy come in as well. I saw the sense in the Tomiyasu one, the Ben White one. I have to think was maybe the sports scientist has said something. arrest or something, maybe. Whatever, but um, we survive another massive scare in the pursuit of uh, a top-four finish (laughs) and just whatever else comes as a bonus. (laughs) Reese Nelson secures uh, the three points. Man City had won two against Newcastle earlier in the day, put a bit of pressure on, cut the lead to two points, and then... I think 19th place Bournemouth score after nine seconds of the game. <laughs> Philip Billing, kickoff routine. Arteta acknowledged that we know they have some kickoff routines. We just didn't know that one. And maybe there's a there's a number of things in there. I'll, I'll moan about VAR in about 10 minutes time. We knew we'd get this. Things have been made about the Bournemouth had players in our half on kickoff. I'm not appealing for that to have been pulled I'm not sure back. it's the game changer there, is it? Maybe if we'd not won, I'd have said, oh, hang
1: on a minute. Yeah. Look at that. I, but I didn't even think it was, look, it's an okay routine. I didn't think it was a particularly no, no a routine. I just happened. thought it was a defensive mistake yeah. in terms of, like you said, is it, going, is it Gabriel's Gabrielle's yeah, it goes it underneath? Is. I thought he should cut it out. I thought even the way they got to the byline was a little bit easy. Yeah. I know, I, I don't think it was bad from Zinchenko but I wonder if a different left back maybe well, would have dealt I'll, a little bit I'll ask you about this bit. now because I had this saved for a bit later on I didn't but... when I heard it was a kickoff routine I thought this would be interesting to see how it did and I was like oh that yeah, wasn't yeah. that much too I didn't think
0: well, because Zinchenko overall was brilliant again on Saturday hmm. but I can't help but look at the opening goal but maybe it's coincidence but the ball is fired straight down that right hand side our left and there was a conscious decision to attack his flank as someone who's experienced this do you think that we will very soon find ourselves in a trent-like situation where we just have to expect things to be heavily focused down his side every week especially as teams learn to understand his movement a bit more because at the moment it's still a bit
1: what is going on here it is funny isn't it the club's mid-season seems to struggle to work things out. Like, you might have to change it up next year with him because it seems like over the summer, maybe just a bit more time, yeah. people have to deal with it. Um Yeah, I think you are. The main thing is as well is that when you play at a certain level, if obviously once had this Arsenal in this ascendancy at the minute, there aren't many weaknesses you can exploit. So it's not even saying that like Zinchenko's ass or anything. It's the same with what I was saying about Trent. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> he's not fantastic defensively but he's not dreadful but this team is strong enough that you've got to pinpoint areas of weakness where you can and he would be it for us and obviously like you said I think there's too many things happen now down that side for yeah. you that you can say people aren't making a point of trying to go at
0: And then Arteta is obviously saying but everything else you do same as Liverpool the it makes it worth yeah. it.
1: And, and there hasn't been anything where you've gone Sinjegov is such a liability no. here that we can't keep playing. No,
0: I actually think 1v1 one-wise, I don't even necessarily think if you put their attributes out on paper that he's a better defender than Trent. I just think he applies himself better. I think he's probably more focused. And I think he maybe understands what he needs to do a bit better. The application may not be the same. I think, um,
1: he strangely, is a little bit less... Maybe this is the City effect. A little bit less naive than Trent at times, I think. Yeah. I think sometimes he... Well, he might know how to make it so it's not as obvious that it's his fault as Trent does. Trent is kind of like, sure. <laughs> he's all out at sea.
0: I love that moment in the game yesterday, by the way, where um, Trent has a battle with, I think it might be Bruno down the side and he knocks it out for what we think is a corner and it's a goal kick and Van Dijk comes over and he's beating his chest.
1: You know, it's a certain day when that's happened, well, things like th- that, go. I think seems th- like when everyone's up in air it's because like, a tackle celebrating like yeah, a goal. You I mean, know it's a certain day. I
0: think... Um, I said about Henderson earlier. I think sometimes I said this about a few of your players. I think sometimes people do need to remind Trent, like you are that you are that guy. Like we aren't calling you all these things. We don't have these expectations of you because you're this guy who we've just been told is a good player. Like we've physically seen we, we know that you. you're a good yeah. player. We've physically seen what you can do, and we have the same conversation about Zinchenko. Like you aren't going to play as a midfielder because you can't do what you do there. You're a very good guy moving into midfield and delivering this from the flank and Trent stays far wider and kind of does his work in that zone differently, but it's the closest comparison. And I do think every so often, and maybe people have just got away from that. Klopp, you'd think, would be the best guy for it. Just needs to tell him, like, you are a serious, serious guy. Because if so many people you're hearing constantly, that guy's better than you and that guy's better than you and this guy's better than you because he can actually defend.
1: Well, as Klopp said about Trent as well, it's like nobody's telling you about a good defensive display from Trent. So no one's hyping him Then It's only the bats. Yeah. And let's face it, I reckon a sort of a nod from, like that from Verge, I reckon would hype yeah. you up as yeah. well. That would get you going.
0: And um, with Zinchenko, there was a thing after we lost to Everton, I may have said it on here, where people said, Ah, so the way to beat Arsenal is to flood the midfield and block off Zinchenko. And it's like, do you think no one had thought of this <laughs> before? Because Deitch tried it again at the Emirates. For 40 minutes, he stifled it. Zinchenko had a few misplaced passes, actually. And then, ultimately, if you give him enough space and enough time, then he is going to control the game. Outside of Rodri, there's no player that's touched the ball more in the Premier League this season than Zinchenko. And you think of the amount of time that he's missed.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He is a, he's a joke. Um, and he's doing this from from left back and it's he isn't really a left back he's a guy who has to do a solid enough defensive job there and in the same way that it helps that if robertson's not there that van dyke's over there gabrielle i think maybe it took a half a season where we actually were like this guy's actually very quick and he's mm-hmm. like very i think you spoke about him and said in terms of like a ball playing center back he was playing next to david louise at the time you were like, if he wasn't playing next to David Luiz, we'd be saying that this guy is a ball player. I think I said it
1: when Ben White was there. Yeah, I think yeah. said that as well. It's, the... um, it's
0: funny how this game goes because if Arsenal win the coin toss, this is a different game. Like if we kick off the game, <laughs> <laughs> like you have what to I mean? think maybe this whole yeah. game is is different. And yeah, that's yeah,
1: ridiculous. That is, I know. That
0: that it's that. a weird but, thought, isn't it? Yeah. But, like the chances Bournemouth have and. Arsenal haven't been as good defensively um, recently but I do think there's an element we were so keen to uh, get that back like uh, when Kalelo lands on Golovkin and he's like I've got in land back now in the next like three seconds to prove a point and so we're pushing up and we are going to concede chance in transition I could show you a thing actually I sent it to Connor, and it was uh, the average positions of the Arsenal players against Everton and against uh, Leicester And it's insane the position of our players like that. When you think of defensive lines, like that's our defensive line (laughs) in those two games, pretty much just outside the box of the opposition team, and it's like entirely symmetrical. We're a very well put together team, but at the moment it's like any chance the teams have it's falling in the back of the net and if you asked Arteta I do wonder would would he have rather taken the 3-0 or does he think winning the game like this will have be better in the long A run galvanising yeah. effect yeah um, but you can't keep giving teams two goals um, because it was their first corner of the game we'd already had about 10 and, yeah. and they score I do think when you look at what the Arsenal goal was ruled out for last week with the uh, holding of uh, Danny Ward. If you watch this back and you look at the holding in the area to clear a path for Solessi, there's like five players you can pick out It's just never going to get given on a corner, which is why it was so nuts it was given mm. um, last week. Yeah, we dominated, we dominated, we dominated. We find ourselves 2-0 down. Party prods one past Neto and I have to acknowledge it after what I said about Bruno earlier. There's a horrible dive by Ben Weiss just as part of yours to tap it in. That is like if if he didn't appeal, you wouldn't even assume it was a dive. You'd assume this is a guy just like falling over or Yeah, like the the first time you, you put a kill on a trampoline and they realise what they can do and they just wanna just like bounce everywhere. It's like that's what he's done in that situation. And then Trossard goes off early with a groin injury the reports today say not too serious he's going to miss the next game and we're hoping he's going to be back shortly after the injury to Eddie is the scary one because Jesus will be back soon so I don't think anyone other than that one like one week period we were like hang on who's going to start actually when he comes back when they say we don't really know always concerned that's ooh, because they did that with party for about eight months last season turns out like they didn't know No. Um, Yeah, so we get one back. Smith Rowe comes on for Trossard, free header. He shouldn't be the guy winning it, but Party's able to prod it in at the back stick. Then he takes Smith Rowe off after he comes on in 13 minutes. I think he gets 47 minutes of football, and he takes enough for him. Thank you. I think it's uh, two ways. One, I do think they're trying to be very careful with him because even at times like, geez, this guy can't be injured again. <laughs> um, but I think Ben White comes on for Tommy Asu, who had a horrible game. The only person in the world that thought he had a good game I think was Troy and he texted me like, okay, maybe not <laughs> after he'd just given the ball away. Ben White gets the goal coming on but Reece Nelson is a very different winger to Smith Rowe. It's a, if your football manager position is a winger to an inside forward. Yeah, and he's now come on twice I think this season. The first time was against Nottingham Forest after it's nil nil, and he gets two goals and an assist off the bench. And then he comes on here. He puts a nice, maybe slightly overhit cross for Ben White who sticks it in. There were people feeling sorry for Ben White that he didn't see get to see the net bulge. So I think we're being a bit greedy there <laughs> in those circumstances. <laughs> uh, and then, what the hell can you even say about the goal that he scores? Getting to work this morning, the guy in the off going, it wasn't that good of a goal. It's like, what What do you want? Ninety seventh yeah, minute <clears throat> He was like, it was inside the box. It's like, it maybe a pace inside the box? I actually had the goal ruined for me, but I did not care in the slightest. Maybe best for your heart. Well, it it kind of didn't work because the text came through, so my heart started going, and I thought, I've not seen this with my own two eyes. I was about a minute behind, I think, on on uh, my stream. And then I saw a corner. I saw the Zinchenko shot, which I okay, that must be it. And then it fizzes wide, and I saw something else. It was like, okay, it hasn't gone in. Meanwhile, the clocks just keeps ticking. And it's my uncle who's texted me and he's an Arsenal fan. I'm thinking, I don't know why he would want to wind <laughs> me up in that situation. <laughs> but I just hadn't, I needed to see it. And then the corner, I see it drop to Reese Nelson. And it's kind of like, Don't seize me. I oh, know this isn't going to be what I think it is. <laughs> I didn't appreciate how good the goal was. Because despite the fact I knew it was coming, the second it left his boots, I was gone. <laughs> I was gone out of here and I had the panic hang on a minute is they going to rule this out for any reason the trust with the Jorginho when with the balls in the back of the net and they go hang on a minute we might be ruling out offside here for someone being in front of the keeper <laughs> so, well this what the hell got on here after text one. Is it? has it been given has it been given I see full time on uh, Sky Sports News what can you even say about this like the most depressed person in the world I don't even care who you support maybe uh, just don't show a United one not a last like minute winner is just like you cannot you cannot beat that and I saw someone say it was the first time we'd come back from two goals down to win in the Premier League since uh, Fabregas scored against Bolton in 08 which can't be right maybe it was on an anniversary or something but that can't be right surely um, but either way that that was a title race that went wrong and that was supposed to be the moment Oops. this is the one I, I've lost all trust really since the Welbeck goal against Leicester where that was supposed to be the one that was yes. supposed to be the yep. moment and so each time now that was the banker it's kind of in the moment I enjoy it I think you were like four hours later and I was still like the Southampton Leicester game was a write off for me because it was how am I supposed to watch this after I've just seen that?
1: I mean, it was a kind late like, kickoff to give you there because yeah. uh, you weren't missing anything there. It was.
0: I've never seen celebrations like that from Arsenal, and the celebration police have a whole unit dedicated to us there were people on the pitch, staff members on the pitch that I've never seen before. And I feel quite well-versed. I've told the story before when I spotted an Arsenal scout on the tube. Like, <laughs> there were people that I was... Little, I mean, the FA are investigating us now, by the way, for that celebration. Bruno is in the clear for shoving an official, but Arsenal are being investigated for their celebrations uh, against Bournemouth. We now have 63 points. Push the kid. Yeah. <laughs> We now have 63 points from 26 games. City are on 58. Bournemouth are on in 19th place with 21 points, which maybe tells you a lot about the game. Mm. First half, I think we had 82% of, of the ball. Second half, similar story. But these these wins are getting harder and harder to come by. Should we
1: be worried. I was thinking, are you worried about the number of chances you're starting to concede? Only because I would say, obviously you're an attacking team, but the way you were playing earlier in the season, you were basically dominating teams and controlling games enough that you weren't conceding many no. clear-cut chances. And now you have gone a little bit more, not nowhere near as bad as us, but a little bit more, you hit us, we'll hit you, and we'll back ourselves to, yeah. to obviously have the more firepower. Was the one against Bournemouth do you just think it's just that you were chasing it? Or because they were obviously watching match today, they did miss a couple of good chances. Like Solanke could have got like of shock
0: horror. The one the one big one that Ramsdale gets all the praise for. I do
1: wonder shows some gas, by the way. Yeah,
0: I wonder Jeez. if it was offside, but it was so marginal that you all you have to look at the defending. It's not one where, say, with Liverpool you say don't worry about the defending because we were playing a trap there. Like it was close enough that you still have to look at the defending. I actually think in some of these cases, it's been the midfield that's been played through so easy because we play such a high line. line. No, we we play such a high line that we effectively are saying we back our center backs against your strikers. And the, the, I guess
1: the the dip in form for Jacques has probably played a role in that, then.
0: Yeah, and this is uh, Solanke is the is the latest guy to kind of cause some concern on the counter attack after Ivan Tony, Harland, and Ollie Watkins, who this may seem rash, are a similar kind of striker, <laughs> physical, <laughs> big, quick, pacey. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. And so. When we played. Great news for those boys. Ollie Watkins is yeah. very
1: happy with Vivit. It, when we played Leicester.
0: Leicester, we set the record for the lowest XG conceded. And I asked myself after, was that more about Leicester or was that more about us? And I think it was somewhere in between. Gabrielle was a monster on the day. Saliba, very good as well. See,
1: Ian performance <laughs> on the weekend, by the way. I think we put a hex yeah. on that man at one point. We
0: talked about him. I think so oh. as well. Um, it's. It's tough because only Newcastle have conceded fewer goals than us in the league this season, hmm. and they play with a line so deep that it kind of we're not in giving you complete credit for that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I kind of if we're constantly saying that things are going to just click for City, then I have to think that maybe things are going to just click for us because again, this feels like a freak. the The game against United, for example. They score with a guy that struggles to get on a roller coaster, scores a header, and Rashford scores from whatever yards out, nutmegs, party, and right smashes God. it in. Uh, you look at the Spurs game, and looking back, those chances aren't as clear cut as they felt at the time. It's Kulashevsky curling it from range, it's Richarlison on a follow up, it's Harry Kane pinging one from however many yards. So I think when we need to be dialed in, I think we're dialed in. Um the City game if if United can call that an anomaly there I do think we can maybe call that an anomaly just in our passing out from the back has never looked that bad all season and see, just the one game where we thought everything was on the line it was kind of like the Everton game where it wasn't just one guy having a bad game it was four or five at the same time Um that was Zinchenko was having a rough one. Uh, asked he was having a rough one. Everyone was just having a, a rough old game that day. So I, I do think there will be improvements made, even if it's just we go slightly deeper in those circumstances. I think Party on the ball had one of his better games for us, but off the ball, he still looked a bit rusty coming back from injury. Um, I question if in some games... I question if Xhaka starts that game yesterday, do we concede two goals? Because Fabio Vieira won, I think, 38% of his aerial duels. Um, I think Arteta would have known that was going to be the case going into the game. I don't think you In look at Fabio ability. Vieira. It's yeah. a
1: slightly uh, unfair
0: one, But I think he's getting the balance right. And we're not quite at United's level where if they don't have Casemiro and Rashford, then they're toast. But I do think a certain dynamic in the midfield, we played with the idea of we're going to have all of the ball and so we can mitigate the the, the factors they offer. And it just turned out that in the time that we didn't dominate the ball, they were just two for two. Mm. And they've not done that all season. So you, you have to ask, was that more us? Was it more them? Probably a combination of fortune. And uh, I, mean, I think we probably overlooked them a little bit it seemed like it because we made some mistakes against Everton I think as we say with Allison, you're always going to when you try and play a certain way but at the same time Gabriel was dialled in behind Zinchenko when he was passing when he was passing to the wrong person and teams are just going to rely on beating us on the break I think we need to put some more in at the other end worrying with those two guys going down um, Jesus hopefully back in the next few weeks and I think if a big factor early in the season was we led so many games after 15 minutes. Like when we played you, the big thing was you need to get through that first 15 minutes and you don't get through the first two.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And we've not done that to teams for a while. We let these teams hang in games and that will come back to bite us earlier later in the season. Mm. But I have to think the way we've attacked all season, that doesn't just go away in the same way that Liverpool aren't suddenly just going to defend like they did yesterday for the rest of it and United aren't suddenly going to just concede seven every game. So I think it'll it'll click. I think you look at that running at the end of the season for everyone saying that's going to be our downfall. I actually think with how we've played this season, maybe they're the games we should be more confident about than Mm -hmm. these ones. Fulham away is going to be tough. We'll know a lot more about the Europa schedule this Sunday. I I'm on the record now that I would just bomb Europa in in, in the same way that Liverpool did with previous cup competitions, harder over two legs, but you need to go out in the right way, don't you? And you got that right. A lot of times, I don't think we have the squad actually to be able to do that. And it's harder in European competition because you can't just play anyone you want to.
1: No, you've got limited.
0: So I think we'll give it a good go. I wouldn't be surprised if, we go out and I wouldn't be surprised if Arteta wasn't too gutted in that case. The only thing that I do think will come into consideration, I'm not sure how much you think about that at this stage, the winner of the Europa League is uh, in the first, is a, a, a one seed for the Champions League group stage. Right. And at this stage, if we don't win the league, then I think we'd be in like pot three or something. Right. So I wonder how much that will come into the thinking, um, but I guess you have to back yourself and maybe hope that we win the league.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think you can.
0: Carragher made a very good point, and I, I don't think any Arsenal fan would disagree. I've said this before. The issue isn't that Gary Neville doesn't think Arsenal win the league. I think if you canvass the Arsenal fans, you're getting at least a 50-50 split of those that think we will win and those that think we won't. And part of that fifty percent that say we will are the ones that are overly positive about everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. At any point, if we don't have a cushion, then we're going to be feeling. You feel the heat around the corner. So ultimately, you don't allow that five-point cushion to be broken into. By
1: don't do it. Trust me. Don't do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I don't know if Fulham away is one that you look at and say, okay, these are the kind of games we have a cushion for. I think Palinio being out is huge. Yep. yep. Um And that's why Party is going to have to do his thing. But then you also look at the games that uh, the, the the players I've just mentioned, and you look at the man on screen at the moment, Mitrovic. Yeah. 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 And you look at the way we defended at set pieces, and you look at Tim Ream and say. <laughs> they have the tools to be able to do something against us. So something's going to have to come into play. I think in the moments where I've looked at this in the season and gone, oh, I don't feel good about this. Nine times out of 10, they've proven me wrong. So I have to hope that they click this in because I think everyone involved has to be aware that as we get further into the season, you can't give teams a two-goal lead. That's now three last-minute winners for us this season, and I'm not aware of the correlation between last-minute winners and winning the league. I have to think there's something in that. Um,
1: Certainly, um, psychologically, it just feels that way, and we always remember Fergie time and them getting it done, no matter what. We don't remember the times they didn't do it. No, we just remember so, and it kind of becomes self-fulfilling as well you'll think, I think now, if you're drawing going late into a game, you'll absolutely think we're going to win yeah. this and the other team will think they're going to win yeah. this. It, you saw it so many times with some of the great teams. You've seen it, City do it, United do it. Where the other team almost, doesn't quite, but almost accepts that, yeah, this is going to happen to us. And I think with these two games for Arsenal that I think you've probably joined that sort of thing, certainly for this season.
0: We went behind on nine seconds and went ahead at 96.59. For those that, just didn't watch the game. The reason we played past the 96 minutes is that Neto was a piece of shit all game. <laughs> and one of their defenders went down the second we got into stoppage time and he took about 80 seconds off the clock. And then they complained that we didn't stop immediately on 96 minutes. I know that isn't usually how it works. So the referee let four balls go. So some of those I'm not sold shot, as sold on as I was on Saturday by the way, if you've watched those back, the, yeah, billing yeah, one, the billing one I'm entirely convinced on because you've got two hands up in the area and you block a shot on the line. Um, but Chris Kavanaugh did play the extra time we get the goal there. I saw a piece by Michael Cox on The Athletic and he was talking about not just being a late winner, but the personnel that scored the late winner. And he spoke about uh Chris Rare in ninety eight for Arsenal, Makeda two thousand and nine, uh Aloha for Leicester in twenty sixteen <laughs> he said, and then Nelson twenty-three. Just one of those classic Premier League moments, a fringe a fringe player popping up to provide a crucial winner. Um in the case of Norwich by the way. I, I didn't remember the Aloha goal either if you if you did. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't remember that. No. A backup striker came in uh, against Norwich in February, 89th minute winner. I think maybe just after they played City or just before. Um, and it is a weird title race because last time around, I have to say, you expected pre-season to be going into a title race with City last season. Did this season. Yeah.
1: In Korgia so well.
0: Our supporters, and I have to think players, did not expect to be in this position. Um, and there is great joy with that. I I can say now that if worst comes to worst at the end of this season and we finish in <laughs> yeah, second, <laughs> second, second, second place, I can still come out of the season and I can point at moments like this, United, Liverpool, Spurs, and say, what a season. But they're obviously. I don't think I'll ever be able to trust again because it's like if this isn't the year, then <laughs> then, then what is? Um, the novelty is kind of worn off, I think, and that's what's worrying for us fans because what do you mean
1: the is worn off.
0: Like you around me? Christmas, no, around Christmas time, it was kind of that would be funny actually if we were top of the league going into Christmas
1: oh shit we're top of the league yeah and then
0: it was okay well look at that run that we've got at the start of January and then that run and we beat Brighton and we beat United and we beat Spurs and we drew with Newcastle (laughs) it was like uh, oh shit we're still there and then United beat City and Brentford have beaten City earlier and Spurs have beaten them and it's like Okay, um, we've kind of found ourselves in a title race that we didn't necessarily want to be, want to be a part of, and so it's kind of just knowing what you can have, the being aware that regardless of what United fans have told me this week that they they weren't gonna take joy in us losing the league if I hadn't laughed at them losing seven 0 to Liverpool. That that's g- not true that, yeah. <laughs> that is not true I saw the reaction when we lost a game to Man City a couple of weeks back and the reaction was like the league was done there and then and it felt a bit like that for a lot of those fans actually but it's just it's kind of like a lot what's <laughs> this guy the act of being cheated on isn't actually the worst thing for a lot of women. The act is, the, the worst thing is people finding out they've been cheated on.
1: So if and, you can fumble the bag on this title race, um, it's fine as long as we just don't notice. Is that yeah, what you're
0: saying? pretty much. Um, yeah. It's, it's a worrying one. If you were City, would you feel more or less confident looking at us in the last few weeks? Because we don't look as good, but we've also pulled out two last-minute winners.
1: Yeah, I... I really do think, and I don't want to labour this because I know I've brought this up before. I, I do think they'll be devastated by that latest result for you. I think that's that's crushing. It doesn't matter who you are, no. what experience you have, to see the team do it again, I think is so destroying. Um, the main thing for them is the commentary around them, and it must seep into their judgment themselves. It's, they don't look like they normally do. If they did, I'd be saying okay, we're back, we're going to put a run of results together, that Arsenal aren't going to be able to keep yeah. doing this. That You'll probably win more games than you don't, but eventually you'll have a game like that and you'll come unstuck. And City so are going to be there. The fact that they're not, and they know they're not at it, I think means they're going to be more rattled by by this result. It's a different thing. It's, um, yeah, if they look like their normal self, it'd be a different story. Yeah. And that's why the where the, the premise of, and I know he's... A leading voice on it, but there's plenty of others that do agree. The Neville stuff is yeah. that this all relies on. We're into March and we're going. Oh, well, it's City click? It's like, we're well, running out of games. I for saw, that and
0: for Arsenal to fall apart yeah. and capitulate, like people think. When there was 14 games left, I saw a tweet and it was like City can't go on a 15 game unbeaten run <laughs> and celebrating. Um, any issue with the Arsenal celebrations? No, no, no. Nelson what are doing you to do? Nelson doing the. Karma. Karma celebration. Saliba punting the corner flag. Martinelli grabbing the ball is the <laughs> hilarious thing. Of all the Origi. Yeah.
1: Get them all back to the centre um, circle. Yeah, did- Zinchenko seems to somehow make the celebration each time. <laughs> he seems to just make, oh, this is like the biggest moment of his life. No one else is it, it seems He just looks like the epitome. The, yeah, here, and of His
0: it. celebration always looks like if I was in your shoes, That's because he I just wants to feeling. get in the fans and he just screams mm. and there was a Someone. Uh, it's like great this. coming from him who's already won a league as well.
1: Because that shows you I didn't. he's buy, all in on this.
0: I didn't buy into so much um, the thing of you add these guys in who've won four Premier League titles and it makes a huge difference. And then the more you hear from them, the more Jesus being on crutches, hardly able to walk, and then being pitch side and getting on the pitch and celebrating after each game, these little things – I think
1: they raise standards without even meaning to. I don't think it's like we're going and tennis. doing this. Yeah. I think they just go about things because they've been so used to it from City that'll rub off on the rest of the players. Like, oh, okay. Saka spoke about to
0: Zinchenko getting onto someone in his first session on preseason tour in Orlando. Nice. And he basically said, you wouldn't be like that in a game. So why, why are you training like that now? Mm. And... Zinchenko you know, don't know what to believe there's a clip that is going to explode if we win the league and it's him being asked by Amazon you've won four Premier Leagues can you win a fifth and he smiles and he says why not Get man and it's those things like that that's not that's in the, yeah,
1: in the compilation, that's going to be where the track drops, isn't it? Because is I, I question
0: how much they believe that. And then I listen to him talk and it's like, no, you do genuinely believe what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And that's incredible self-belief to believe that you can leave that probably closer to a dynasty than what you've said. Coming sure, to this team definitely. and you're the difference in turning I, this around. Said you're a left-back.
1: Yeah. Again, more than a left-back to all intents and purposes.
0: Xhaka yeah, so uh, actually summed up and he basically said, we didn't come into this season thinking this was going to happen and he said but we're here now so why not
1: yeah and and, I don't want to I don't want to rain on your parade here but the the, sort of the emotions you're describing are there's a lot of similarities with a few seasons we've had but the Gerard slip year was we were not supposed to be in a tie race I think we came 8th the year before 7th or 8th and we found ourselves there, yeah, and yeah, and I mean, let's warn you: there was no. Well, they weren't supposed to be in the title race <laughs> here. After that, I've got to warn you: it's not gonna, uh, it's not gonna be fun for you. Well, but yeah, if you're if you're in pole position with three games to go, you're gonna feel like you've lost out here. It's yeah. not gonna feel yeah. like, oh, well, we were never supposed to be in it. Now, in the cold light of day, you might be able to look back. The difference being for your team is this is this should be in theory the start of something. Well, the- Whereas that team, it was we knew we were the fortune and circumstance here. We knew this was first year with Jose back at Chelsea. We thought they're going to be better again the following year. City are going to be better the following year. And Suarez is going to fuck off soon. And we kept thinking that United would be back. Turns out we're still waiting for this, that. But this there is, you go. This is the main thing. Whereas this is presumably the start of well, that, this Arsenal That,
0: that is the main thing I hate because... In terms of like circumstances, like City were also still on 50 points at the same time we were. This this isn't the thing that Neville keeps trying to push that this is some Leicester story, that everyone's having a bad year, and we just happen to have our be stumbling slightly ahead of everyone else. Like, if you were playing as well as you were last season, we would still be in and among where you are. And so the idea that suddenly next season we're kind of just going to remember you're actually not that great a lot of you and it's just going to go like this and there may be similar to how you have been this year where regardless of what happens, emotionally, there's a crash. There's a crash. Mm. But in terms of system, in terms of uh, personnel, I've got no questions there in terms of what we've got and the idea that, well, you know, you're not going to add players. We're also going to add players. Like this isn't, everyone's going to add and we're going to go,
1: come on, catch up. <laughs> we're going to see yeah, how yeah, going. go on then. Have us free swing. No. Um,
0: there was something else I was going to add before we moved
1: on. Talk amongst yourselves.
0: Yeah, it's just the anxiety. I share something, I think, every week on Twitter. And I did say last year at some point when I was saying about us going for top four, when I was like, I genuinely I don't, really don't know how you do this. And yeah, I more than one season of this it, there's been points this season where I've almost rathered like could we not have just been slightly worse like City are yes. doing their thing yeah. and we're like a solid second and I can say look we're the best team in the league other than them
1: we're the best of the rest yeah. but we're not competing with them fully yeah. because I look forward <laughs> it's a stressful experience because I
0: look forward to the Arsenal game and then it starts and it's like oh my god this is horrible because we've, we've not had a comfy win like even the Everton one was stressful for 40 minutes and then it was people allaying him and I was worried like, don't allay when he's going to go and boot someone in a minute and
1: do all that. City also put you in a vice, even this year when they haven't been fully at their best, they put you in a vice whereby any drop points do feel like the end of the world and yeah. to the point where, you know, okay, you should beat Bournemouth or Villa, etc. Yeah. But, you know, we would like draw with Spurs and it'd be like, oh, the sky's falling in. Yeah. It's like, well, that drawing with Spurs is probably about right. Like they're one of the better teams in the league. That shouldn't be a disaster, but they, Do they put you in that spot where it does feel like that.
0: Do you think it could be to our benefit that we don't have players with all of those scars of going through these things before? Because I find that strange with Gary Neville where he says so much about... Um, having to have the experience that he was actually part of a team that was famed for being this young side with all these young talents coming through. And they had some experienced bods in there, but that's kind of what we're supposed to have now. Like, if you were to go down and go through history and compare the characters, I understand that uh Jorginho isn't going to be, um whoever you want to say, Steve Bruce, whoever it's going to be in, in, in that team. But you get the idea that, that is the we've, comp- we've tried to supplement
1: the, yeah. the talent no, you, with these you've got rides. a young team, but you do have some experience in there. So well, even it's not you have none.
0: Even Jorginho um seeing him there's on the touchline and he doesn't have to be in a technical area, obviously, because technically he's warming up and he's coaching and he's, and he's telling uh, Reese Nelson where to be and he's pointing him in the right position and all these little things.
1: Oh, I'd have loved if Arteta piped up at him. <laughs> Fuck off, I'm doing that. It's my gig. <laughs> but
0: that, that's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? That's why these guys that Jesus, the Zinchenko and Zinchenko does seem to be very good at that. Erdegaard seems to have really uh, bought into the responsibility that he has. The the way he goes through around all four corners of the pitch after every game and he he thanks the fans and he was getting in amongst the fans after the goal and he's swinging his shirt around his head. And I get, I saw the Gary Neville thing and all the Arsenal accounts share everything he says. And it's like, can you believe this guy said this this time? And he said the thing, you know, too emotional too early on. I was like, okay, I can maybe see... Where that could make sense, we spoke about the Argentina comparison over a shorter period last season, but then Martin Keown spoke and
1: and he he said,
0: (laughs) we fell behind nine times in 2003, 2004. And he said, we won six of those games. And each time we won one of those games, we went back into the locker room. And for the next game, it was like, well, if we didn't lose that, the next time we fell behind, it was like, we won that game. Why were we worried this time? And then with each time you get stronger. And he did say, look, we yeah, had Thierry Henry. Yes, it makes a big difference. Yeah, but yeah, pretty useful. The idea of that, City had the one, didn't they? There was the moment where Sterling got the last minute winner in like 2018. And I remember them coming from behind late and it was, okay, this is their year. They're kicking on. This is what the squad can do.
1: Don't remind me of the company one. Please. Yeah,
0: and you spoke about the your one against Villa. You don't want it every week, obviously. That would be the concern.
1: No, I mean, this is it. that The the emotion, it's just how long you can parlay this into something. Because that is, if you want to go back to the Gerald slip year, that is how we ended up in the position. As much as people say, you know, infuriated you go, it's in your hands with three games to go. I think we've won 11 games in a row to get there. So what you were really asking was, well, all you have to do is win 14 games in a row to win league. Well, <laughs> yeah. But it was because we basically parlayed this into game after game after game. The Gerard, this doesn't slip now game, I believe I'm right in saying that was the Norwich game where we won 3-2 and we were hanging on for dear life. Norwich you were obviously the whipping boys at that point. And so all the warnings were there of what it was, but we were getting by on momentum and emotion. And as much as Neville is right that potentially, if you go too early on that, that can run out if you've just timed it right you're going to get enough wins and you know we forget you still have five points on them Yeah, so you can afford a loss here and there so it's and I don't think City are they're going to put up a good point I'm sure but I don't think they're going to put up a freakish one we've seen this as a more conventional title race you're going to drop points they're going to drop points yeah. um, one of these games isn't going to go right for you where it's going to go wrong Yeah, but you're going to have a lot more games like this That, and I personally you're not going to thank me for saying it I do think this in the Villa game will be what we look back on as the clincher. I do think that's the. I think some. I've said before, I think sometimes we look for this a little bit too keenly just because, for the sake of interest or drama or whatever, we go, well, where was the point where they won it? And really, over a 38, it yeah. probably isn't a singular point. But I do think this would be the one where you go, okay, this is yeah. maybe the changer because I've got, it turned two points into six. And that's in a race like this, that's going to make a lot of difference.
0: I've got a, a smile on my face. I. I can't comprehend how I will feel if we win the league and so I'm I'm trying not to don't seize yourself yeah exactly because I did that with top four I kept saying that the second we win it the second we seal top four I'm going to play the Champions League music and it's just going to I was refusing to listen to it like if, if I watch Champions League I don't want to listen to the music I want to wait till we get to that point, and then oh. I didn't get to that point, point. and so the season ended. I got in the car, I played the Europa League music, <laughs> and it was like, you know what, this is a
1: great tune. <laughs> <choose> anyway, <laughs> exactly.
0: Um, there's maybe if we can strike some kind of deal and say, look, if you beat City, then you can beat us because we'll just let you just
1: have the two. Like it's good for you. But if y- you just have to beat them first. mutual or destruction. Yeah. If you need to do that, and that way we can hopefully pip Spurs to four top four, and you can get but the double fall, bubble. That if if you go to the Etihad
0: and they beat you, and then we're at Anfield a week later, it's and then we've got we've got Etihad and Anfield a week apart, I think.
1: Oof. Yeah, we've got City first, haven't we? We've got City and then you. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So if we do lose to City. I think We might get some. You might get some backlash from us. I think we might. Yeah. We, we should react. Well, it's theory. You I, don't have another. I game. say that
0: loosely. We're your next game at Anfield? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Fulham got postponed for the FA yeah, Cup.
1: That's it. Yeah. And look. I mean, I'm going to suggest we probably won't have European games um, to <laughs> worry about. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that as well so uh, yeah
0: hopefully we don't um, hopefully we don't concede seven but you never know (laughs) Um, last thing really um, might have to talk about UFC another day in terms of John Jones was fat but still really good uh, there you go in terms of time wasting and the dark arts can anything be done because keepers are the main main culprits no doubt Neto got his comeuppance he actually was on a booking, and he slapped Ben White around the back of the head and then it was like, I'll have one of them. But he got booked early for dissent and then he kept time-wasting and time-wasting. And even on commentary, they said, you know, I'd take a brave referee to send the keeper off for time-wasting. And so it was almost a free pass that booking was early on. If he didn't kick someone, then he was going to be sound. But players, players are praised for it. Like prior to the seventh goal going in yesterday, one of the compliments that Neville was routinely dishing out was that these players have these street smarts and they know how to be dirty and they know how to do these things. Newcastle have been praised for it up to this point. I mean, their fans were incredibly smug in that, you know, Ten Hag said that we're not a very nice team to play against. Is there actually... Well, obviously there is anything that can be done, but is anything going to be done? Because at the moment... We're condensing a 90-minute game down to a below 60-minute game in most cases.
1: Mm. Yeah. The, well, we did one thing during the World Cup and people decided they didn't like it, yeah. whereby yeah. we actually had the time <laughs> yeah. on, which people were like, this us go on forever. It's like, well… And it still wasn't seen, even all the time. Have you seen the stoppages? Yeah. That's what happens. Um, so does that. They I tweeted about it a few weeks ago that I think just the first time you time, time waste, get a booking. And the first time anyone does it, each time each individual yeah. player gets it. And similar with time-wasting and dissent, you're going to, as the referees, as the Premier League, you're going to have to experience some short-term pain here because the first club that gets it is going to be fuming. But you you have to follow up with red cards. So if I give you a yellow card for time-wasting, it's you time a second time, even if I say to you, look, I'm going to give you one last chance, if you do it again, it's a red and they will because they take their time oh. on everything. And then you actually have to do it. You can't go, no. here's a yellow, do what you want for the rest of the game, which is what the keepers have gotten now. It's the it's the Draymond Green thing where he would, certainly in the playoffs especially, get the foul early and the rest are never going to yeah. throw him out. And he he knew that that was what he could do. And that's essentially what the keepers are doing at the minute. The only
0: guy I know that ever got sent off for it was Van Persie against Barca in the Champions League. And that was like pure UEFA where he kicked it in the net like 0.7 seconds after the referee blew the whistle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Arteta was asked about it, and he said, "Look, they've got to do what they feel best benefits their chance of a result, and it's on the referees to stop it." Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I,
1: I don't blame clubs for doing it. It's annoying, really frustrating when it's against you, but it, it works a lot. So,
0: is there anything more frustrating than when they book the keeper for time wasting in like the 80th minute, and it's like,
1: what was this for? He's been doing this yeah. all game, and also, by the way. In the process of booking him, you they take ages it. to do yeah. it, and then they go, Well, I've got time now to take the goal kick. They take their time on it. It's
0: Cause so counterintuitive. We've had it where we've been able to do the Henri with Chris Kirkland where Ben White makes a point to celebrate entirely in front of Neto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Emmy Martinez has the ball bounced in off his head, and mm. the referee plays the correct amount of time, and you crash one past Nick Pope
1: and that's the flip side as well the the time wasting team can't be pissed when that happens it is we're no. all in this agreement right if we shit us you and it comes off we're laughing which if t- it goes wrong we're laughing at you
0: to be fair Gary O'Neill said
1: fair, fair play yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> because
0: their player it was one of their defenders he goes down the second we go into added time and then what I say 80 seconds later he gets up and he runs around as soon as they're going to get the physio on and I he's do. I like, know oh, I'm sad now. By the way,
1: you want to talk about um, dark arts and people. I actually think a lot of players don't time waste well either. I would actually spare one of my players if they go down in stoppage time, because yeah. you've got the allocated stoppage time now. Do not give them a reason to uh, have yeah, another minute oh, or two. I've good. seen players do it before when we've got a goal kick you've got a minute left and they go down. Yeah. Like, yeah, We have all the cards in our favour. Do not do this and add more time. Yeah. By the time the keeper's pointed up the field, we've kept it up there. We'll take 30 seconds. I've got about 30 seconds yeah. to deal with. Do not give them extra time. And uh, it feels, in a weird way, players trying to be streetwise and actually being naive. Yeah. Um,
0: FIFA, in terms of the dark arts and maybe what we don't want to see, FIFA want to initiate a Emmy Martinez rule to stop antics from keepers at penalties. See, that's, not, that's actually the kind of thing we like, isn't it, at penalties?
1: Very simple thing to do with Emmy Martinez score. Yeah. If you don't like it, score past him. I don't know, say like um, a collection of players did in a League Cup final, for example. if <laughs> yeah. They've absolutely sat down a keeper and scored every single yeah. penalty until he missed his. Say hypothetically. And there was another one as well. Um,.
0: Of the, the, the worst one at the moment is the players holding their head to stop playing. We've spoken about it recently. but
1: Now that I really don't know what you can
0: Well, do. there was one The common sense has to come in. In the Arsenal game, Anana was doing it non-stop and he did one. He gets he gets one in the chest. He's tried to strong-arm Gabriel. He's got one back in the ribs and he's gone down. Everyone's played on because it's nil-nil. Why are we stopping for you? He goes on holding his chest. 15 seconds pass. He, he switches and holds his head the referee stops yeah, play yeah, yeah. and then points points at him and then the ref's kind of points at him puts his head and is like what do you want me to do and it's like I well, have some common sense maybe and uh, uh,
1: yeah i i really don't know what you can do with this because you can't go well listen unless you can show us this was a concussion <laughs> yeah you're embarrassed you're getting a you, red or something you'll have to start so.
0: making players go off for uh, like say 3 minutes and then say we're going to do some proper checks on you and then do it but then it's what, probably down it to 10 met yeah then it's probably going to encourage players to stay on even if they have got a bang in the head so there's no right way around it
1: yeah yeah
0: true um, but there we go I think that does us uh, for the day so we'll speak about UFC and it's podcast of gloating Next week, yeah, <laughs> Exactly. quite an achievement make the most of it uh, while we can so Thank you for listening to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. We have the Movie Madness Season 5 Finale, Season 4 Finale, on, uh, we'll be out Friday. Tune in for that. Adios.